And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Flashback Fridays. Yeah. We're back. We are back. Seems like forever. <laughs> it has been. <laughs> Dave <laughs> says so. Dave says it's been a really long time. <laughs> I have to start this one by apologizing to Dave. Sorry, Dave. He's not gifted like me and has no, he has hair and he's been ripping it out waiting for these episodes. <laughs> I, on the other hand, have none and, well, that'll never happen for me. No. Well, facial hair. Yeah, well, ooh. Oh, how? Nose hair. You ever ooh, nose hair? I have not. That sucks. Ooh. I don't even think I want to think about it, because no. thinking about it, it's making my eyes water. Yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> it does. No. It's water. And then there's other hair you can pull out. Ow. Let's not go there. No, no, no. no. It's the PG show. That's right. Pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it meant. Yeah. Okay, we're going to jump into the programming with our first episode. And what's that? It is Seeing Red number 5, Sibling Rivalry. Uh-oh. Subtitled, Jesus Warrior versus Battle Axe Santa. Oh. Yes. And this one says... Hey, you ain't going to believe this, but the left side just dropped out. Did it? Yeah. Completely? Uh, pretty much. Son of a gun. Well, start the episode, and then we'll figure it out. Yes, okay. Uh, let me see. They enjoyed Christmas Eve and discussed breaking the news that Santa wasn't real and the showdown between Jesus Warrior and Battle Axe Santa, <laughs> plus how the Mayan Doomsday Prophecy fizzled out. Oh, yeah, it did kind of, didn't it? Yeah. I swear to God, it was just they ran out of room. It did. That's yeah. all it was. That rock only had finite amount of space. Exactly. It's not an infinite rock. Nope. Okay, well, the rapture and an update on Dave's movie script. Ooh, and this is from December of 2012. Ah. We'll have to approach him about that. Yes. Where's the script, Dave? Let's start the show. All righty, let's yeah. listen to it. Merry Christmas, and welcome to Sibling Rivalry. I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron. <laughs> Aaron's working on a pitch to get his own podcast show. <laughs> I don't need a pinch, I just, never mind. So, how was, well, no, it's not Christmas yet. No. Pretty soon. Yeah. We're here at Rebecca's home in Apple Valley, California, about five minutes away from my house. Uh, her Christmas tree is all nice and lit up, and there is literally tons of Christmas presents. Wait, wait, let me see something real fast, so I can tell you something about mom, okay? So, I didn't have a lot of money. So I didn't get, I only got everybody like one present. She's like, yeah, I'm not going to have a lot of money this year either. I'm going to get everyone one, preg- one present. She comes with all this. <laughs> and she, I'm like, what do you mean you're going to get everybody one present? So this isn't me. This is mom. I don't know. what She, she lied. Well, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas out there. One of the things I wanted to talk about today, obviously, we have a, a mixed creed, mixed religion people that come and listen. Yeah. Uh, for us, we're, we're Christian-based people, so we celebrate what we believe is tradition, is you know the birth of Jesus Christ. 
there's the pagans, you know, which we both have very good pagan friends, you know, and, and that's the, the birth of the sun, you know, physically, S-U-N, sun. Yeah. And then there's just some angry people out there that just don't like to celebrate, which, you know, they do have medicine for that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I was sitting there wondering about the whole Christian thing. Who do you think is more in in the, the public eye? Do you think it's a Santa Claus figure, or do you think it's a more religious figure like you know Jesus? I, I think it's half and half because a lot of people who are Christians, you know, they rec- to their kids they recognize Santa to their kids, right? But they say you know it's about Jesus' birthday. And some people just celebrate Christmas for Santa Claus. Right. But I think I think it's half and half. What about you? I agree. I I, mean, I believe that like Santa Claus is bigger because you know every, of the marketing you know, kind of marketing thing, yeah. yeah marketing type thing like you go out and you go to the store and everything is Santa Claus. You might find like one or two little like, nativity sets. Right. But Santa Claus is where they make their money. See, for us folks, one of the drawbacks for Christmas with Rebecca and I. We were taught, we, we never believed in Santa Claus. Yeah. And, and so we, we never had that experience. Did you believe in Santa Claus as a child? Um, very early on. Until I realized they just said the presents in the closet. <laughs> and I got into them one year. I think if, if mom would have told me there was a Santa Claus, I probably would have acted a lot better when I was little. <laughs> probably. Um... Now, for our brother, which we never speak about, but there is actually a, a middle child between the two of us. Uh, his name is Randy Jr. He grew up believing in the Easter Bunny. Everything. <laughs> the Tooth Yeah. And see, folks, we grew up, literally, we never believed in the Easter Bunny. We never believed in Tooth Fairies or Christmas or the leprechauns and we never believed in any of that stuff because our, our mom was very pro-religion would that yeah. be appropriate statement yeah. so you know she never taught us about it <laughs> so we never maybe that's why we're so imaginative maybe <laughs> but our, our middle brother Randy he grew up believing this and one of the I was the unfortunate person that had to break it to him. I think we were at the age of 10 or age 11. And I had to break it to him that there was no Santa Claus. Now, mind you, I'm almost 6 foot 2. But, you know, back then I wasn't that tall, obviously. Yeah. But I, I was tall for my, my size and whatnot. Randy has always towered both of us. You know, yeah. he's super what, tall. What is he, like 6'6"? Six, 6'7". Six, 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 okay, between 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he's a very big guy. Um, and he was always big growing up. He was always bigger than me. Now, I want you to imagine you have two 10 or 11-year-olds standing in a small little living room. And one is all excited because Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> and the cynical Dave, which I guess has happened at an early age somewhere, thought it would be funny to say there is no such thing as Santa Claus. Now, mind you, this behemoth of a child <laughs> burst into tears he was weeping and he looked at me dead in my eyes and he goes the next thing you're going to tell me is there's no Easter bunny 
And I had to break it to him. <laughs> you know, yes, there, there is no such thing as the Easter Bunny. No, now, for my kids, I decided that. Um, I don't know if Jade never actually bought the idea of Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. I know now that you know he's eleven. Um, Lacey will say something about Santa Claus, and he rolls on him. Yeah, well, okay, you know, go off with Stuart. Yeah. Right? So it's very evident that he knows, you know, where the presents come from. It yeah. comes from Dad's wallet, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to try to install that because I think that is something that we lacked as children is not, you know, because in school and whatnot, you know, that was that the kids, they were in groups, they were all excited about, you know, Santa Claus. But for us, we were kind of always the outcast because we never believed in it. So we, we never really participated in at that yeah. level. So I, I'm raising my kids to, to believe in Santa Claus. Now, fortunately for me with Jaden, like I said, you know, he doesn't, believe it but he's just going along to make Lacey feel good that's pretty much what yeah. it goes down to yeah um you know so I never had to actually break it to him you know there's no such Figured thing it out on his own, basically. um and with Zoe I don't know you know because she's such well she's only one yeah you know and there's many years down the road to to that point I don't know how I'm going to approach it obviously I'm going to approach it a lot more tenderly with my own kids than I am going to do with my brother um, one of the things I was doing is I was doing Christmas shopping and I was just seeing what, you know, was hot on Christmas and whatnot. So I was on Google and I typed in Christmas and, and then something about Jaden wanted Iron Man comic books for Christmas. Yeah. And so I think I put in Christmas comic books or something, you know, a Christmas gift comic books or whatever, trying to find, you know, something good. And I came up with these two independently made comic books. One was called Battle Axe Santa. What? And <laughs> what was it? Jesus Jesus Warrior? Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. And pretty much what it was is Santa was big and buff. You know, he, he still looked like Santa, but he was just like, you know, professional mm-hmm. WWE guy. Mm-hmm. And he carried this big battle axe. Yeah. And he would go and he would fight the, the evil gnomes. Oh to God, like a marauder, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he was out, you know, trying to deliver presents, uh, but he had to fight the evil gnomes because the evil gnomes were trying to, you know, take the presents from him so yeah. the kids couldn't have Christmas. And then, of course, the the Jesus warrior one was how Jesus was trying to spread love to the world, and, and then Satan came in, and they had a fight and whatnot. It, they were both very imaginative, mm-hmm. not very well written, not very well. Well, no, the artwork was decent. It was decent for where it came out. Yeah. Because it was an older book. I think it came out in like ninety three. I think ninety two, ninety three. Yeah. So, um, so the artwork was okay. The story was, eh, but you know the idea of the concept sounds was good. pretty fun. So my question is, who would win? Would it be Battleaxe Santa? Or Jesus Warrior. Who do you think would win? Well. The characters themselves or the comic? The what? The, the characters themselves or the comic? The characters themselves. It's a hard one. Well, because I'm, I'm saying, like, they both have powers, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. They're both magical beings. Don't don't hate me for saying Jesus is magical, okay? I don't mean, like, magic magical. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
I don't know when I, when I think of like Jesus warrior I think of like Jesus with a freaking like machine gun in his hand <laughs> <laughs> well he had a sword and obviously it was the, the, the it was like a claymore <laughs> well it was uh, the cross mm-hmm. and then it, it turned into a sword and he had an optic blast like Cyclops optic blast oh, kind of thing cool. so I thought that was cool but Santa he had his his flesh eating reindeer what? <laughs> <laughs> and he, like I said, um, he had the big battle axe. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I I think I would lean towards more of the, the Jesus yeah. warrior character. Now, the way I see the Jesus warrior, and let me describe how it was drawn. The ultimate warrior, a wrestler, do you know the ultimate warrior, the wrestler? Mm-hmm. You remember I that don't, before? I don't remember. He was a steroid freak. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had muscles on muscles, veins popping out. He was just like, you know, huge. He had um, long hair and he had this face paint. And he was just, they used to call him Captain Schizo because he was just so active. Well, this is kind of the way Jesus looked. Of course, he had his, his um, you know, his garb and all that on. Yeah. But he still, you know, he, he looked like... The Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. So now that I'm thinking about actually Jesus Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, I, I think maybe that was an inspiration. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think I would have to go with the Jesus Warrior on, on the winner on that one. You know, unless, you know, maybe maybe Santa had like, I don't know, Kung Fu Grip or something. I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't read the whole thing, obviously, because it was just a limited. I could read so much of it. And, yeah. And, you know, then I had to pay, and the quality and material just wasn't good enough to pay what they wanted. I think they wanted like six bucks for a PDF download for each one, and I was like, nah, no thanks. So, um, yeah, that that's, I think I'd go with, I don't know, though. I mean, and let me clarify something, okay? Mm-hmm. about fictional characters. Now, I'm not saying Jesus is a fictional character. I'm talking about written fi- fictional yeah. characters. I'm not talking about... Jesus, you know, the ones that we believe in. Yeah. Or Santa, which maybe, you know, children believe in. I'm talking about someone sat down and wrote these two stories. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, because, like I said, Santa had those flesh-eating reindeer. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd go with Santa. They, they looked pretty vicious. <laughs> it makes me think of the episode of South Park. Where they go to Santa's, uh, his, did you watch it with me? I think so. They go to his workshop in the North Pole and Santa has, it's like really sick, he's dying. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. all the rain, all, all the reindeer, all the elves are inbred and they're all deformed. And his reindeer, what happens is, okay, the inbred elves, when they, they are so, so overworked, they walk outside and they die and the reindeer start eating them. So the reindeers become vicious, flesh-eating reindeers. They're all crazy. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I thought in my head when you said that. I was like, oh, gosh. So tomorrow we're going to go and you're going to come to my house for Christmas, right? You yes. and Aaron are both going to yeah. do Christmas dinner. Um, we're going to have uh, a nice little get-together. Um, I'm trying to think of what's on the menu. I know prime rib, hopefully. Yeah. Lacey is making prime rib. That is on the menu, but I don't know what other stuff we're going to have. Um, 
One of the things also, and I, I originally <coughs> told you that I, I wasn't going to touch on this because I did um, have planned to talk with Sadie about this tomorrow mm-hmm. on Christmas Day, is the the Mayans. And for the record, I'd like to say, ha ha, the Mayans were wrong. We're still alive. <laughs> um I never figured out the whole connection because, and again, we, we kind of just chit-chatted on this a little bit before, is it's a calendar. Yeah. Okay? Back then, they didn't have the, the printing press that we had so we can make a calendar every single year. Mm. They have one big old rock and a lot of free time. Yeah. So that's kind of where they went. And, and nowhere... Does it say the Mayans <coughs> believe? Predicted yeah, this. they didn't predict anything. That's the that ended there, and that was it. Because if you look at it, history says that the Mayans didn't believe in the same kind of uh, time system we have. Yeah. Well, so we've the days changed. Were shorter. Yeah, the days were shorter. There was more days in the week. Yeah. Well, and for us, we've changed calendars twice. You know, now we're in the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Gregorian calendar is actually starting to become obsolete, so they're actually working on a new type of calendar. So what we know as days, weeks, and years might actually change in our lifetime. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> it just it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't understand... The doomsday sayers, you know, what what is up their ass? The end is near. Yes, I'm holding a sign up to look like a buffoon. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, and and they they've even got those um, on what is it? Some network TV, you know, the the their doomsday preparers or something like that. You know, they're just like, oh yeah. Uh, I have a question. Is that on AMC or something? If the world is going to end, it would have ended. Ended? No, no, not even that. The world's gonna, it was gonna end. Mm-hmm. Stocking up and all this shit, doing all this preparation is not gonna do anything because the world is going to end. Everybody is going to die. It doesn't make, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're underground or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't think a missile's gonna blow up that? Well, they're trying to say that, you know, tsunamis and all that crap. 2012, you, you've seen the movie, I think, have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. But it doesn't change the fact that. The weight of water. <laughs> You'd be stuck under there. Forever. Exactly. Yeah. The weight of buildings. You're done. You're going to die. You're going to run out of food. Well, you're going to run out of air first. Yeah. Yeah. So, haha, we live. I, I'm just not down with the doomsday sayers. They just, for some reason, they get under my skin. Yeah. You know. Live your life, enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't just focus on doomsday, man. Just if you're focused on doomsday, you're gonna lose out on a lot of shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why like, I get irritated. People are like, "This is gonna happen. This is gonna happen." It irritates me. If it happens, it happens. Just live, because there's nothing you can do to stop. If it's gonna happen, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Right. I gotta laugh at the people that think that aliens are gonna come and take us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's not gonna work I mean come on use your brain reality is reality 
I mean, faith is faith. I, I, I can respect yeah. e- even other people's faith. I respect that, you know, because yeah. that's that's a boundary that you don't cross because that's their own personal belief. Mm-hmm. But you've got to employ some type of realism. Yeah. Yeah, you got to think logically in these times and ages. You can't just be like, the world's going to end in a week, what? Um, so now we've, we've got, uh, what, how many other more years to live before... The next doomsday <laughs> yeah. date. I remember... The the Y2K thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then supposedly on May 21st was supposed to be the rapture. And then they had the 666 thing. Mm-hmm. We're all going to die on 666. There's been. Every year it seems like there's something. I, 11, 11, 11. Mm-hmm. Was there something for Yes, yep. yes, there was. Last year, something for 11, 11, 11. I went out and got me a slurping. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the world's gonna end, yeah. Free Slurpees. Oh, 7 Eleven Day, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was good. Wow, that was kind of an interesting turn from you know the, the battling Jesus and Santa to I know. the Doomsday Prophecy. Um, one of the things also that I wanted to bring up is, and you kind of touched on it, was the rapture thing. Now, can you tell me the whole story behind that? Uh, I can't really say much about it. All I know was, uh, was it people, it was Catholics? Or was it Christian? Well, originally, the the rapture, I believe, was through a, a Christian, you know, born-again Christian-based belief, but I'm not 100% sure. <clears throat> well, apparently, I guess, uh, <laughs> don't ask me how I got to this, but I went, <laughs> I was like, I was looking up uh, recent events mm-hmm. for Vegas because around that time I heard that you know Romstein would be coming around the time of my birthday. So I was like, I was looking, I was like, oh, when's it gonna be? When's it gonna be? When's it gonna be? And somehow I I, I ended up going to some site that it had like a it was like not even like an article it was like the front of a newspaper of or maybe a brochure or something and it was like May twenty first uh, what was it two thousand ten it was like. Or no, it was last year, right? Yeah, it was last year. It was like, yeah, May 21st, 2011. Uh, the rapture, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, I, it was saying something about a bunch of people going to the church or whatever right. and praying. <laughs> I was like, what? What made them think it was going to happen? I had no idea. Do you, Okay, do you know the, the story of a rapture? Do you know what's supposed to happen from the rapture? That's when everybody's taken to heaven, right? It, those without sin, right? Right. Um, so it's, and some believe, not everybody, you know, some Christians believe that before World War III, which I have a whole nother segue into that, <laughs> um, before all the trials and the tribulations and everything happens, the the blessed, holy will will be, you know, ascend up to, to yeah. heaven before all this goes down. Um, the reason I asked you about the rapture is because the guy who, the reverend, who said that the rapture was going to come, has been on TV before. I remember this. And then after the whole rapture thing, he was nowhere to be found. Right. But back, back in early 90s, he came on and he said, well, the world's going to end. And, okay, so that caught my attention. I'm like, okay, when's the world going to end? 
And he goes, like, May 8th, 1994. I'm like, why does it have to be on my birthday? <laughs> Come on, let me have some presents and cake before we croak, man. Um, yeah, so he's, he's, he's gone on record many times saying that the world's yeah. going to end. It hasn't then last time uh, he, well, is May again. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his thing is with May. Leave May alone, dude. Uh, the week before my birthday, I'm like, geez. Um, you know, and then he came out a couple months later, and he's like, I figured it wrong. <laughs> now, nobody really understands his mathematical equations. And, I mean, you have college, you know, ma- um, math under your belt. Yeah. I have college math under my belt. So, we're not stupid when yeah. it comes to math. But when he was like, well, we do this and divide it by this and find the square root and divide, you know... I I remember reading about this now. I forgot about it, but when you said that, it came to me. There was a webpage set up, and it talked about how he calculated his dates, and it has to do with the books of the Bible. And some he it's, he supposedly can read the Bible, and he gets these messages out of it. He, and you can learn how to do it too, supposedly. You know, for a price, of course. But buy the book for seventy nine ninety five. I remember reading about him because after that had happened. He set up this big foundation, uh-huh. and all the people who thought they were going to die sold all their stuff, their house, everything that they owned, and gave him the money for it. Yeah, old I heard people, about that. Uh, el- you know, elderly people, people who had kids and families, and after that, that he couldn't even be contacted. No, he he disappeared. He disappeared with all their money, millions of dollars. People were homeless. This guy, and because this one guy, he's like, I really believe that the rapture was going to come. He goes, now I don't have a home. That's sad. Yeah. What he should have done is instead of going out and saying, this is really going to happen, he should have wrote it down. He should have called like Jerry Brockheimer and said, <laughs> I've got a script for you. And then <laughs> Brockheimer would have taken it and fucked it all up. And then, you know, it would have came out and made millions of dollars that way. Yeah. And nobody would have got hurt. Exactly. There, so there's another hint. If by chance, for some weird reason, you listen to the Jason Modcast shows, write a script. Speaking of writing scripts, um, I've been working on a movie script since, uh, I think it was June is when I started working on a movie script, and I, I've gotten in quite a few pages, and I started rereading it, and I'm like, realized what I was doing. I was rewriting Body Bag, <laughs> and for the people <coughs> out there, Body Bag was a, a script, I, I think I can say safely say now, at this point in the stage is a script that I've developed. I may have not... I've co-created the original concept, but I have created the script. Yeah. And doing so, I've decided to take what I've written, put it in into the old context of the body bag, and I think I'm getting to the point where I'm ready to try my hand at make, making a movie. I, I want to try a body bag. I have... I don't know if I said... <sighs> That's the problem with the shows. I do so many different shows. I can't remember what I say on what show. Yeah. For I'll, I'll I'll direct this towards Aaron because Aaron doesn't really know as much of what I've done, you know, public you know publication wise as to you because you know pretty much everything I've done. Yeah. Everything that I've set out to do, the comic books I've done, the websites, the webzines I've done, the calendars I've done. The novelettes I've done, the novels I've done, the anthologies I've done, everything that I've set out to do, I've accomplished everything except one thing, 
make a movie. And that's one of those things that just eats at my soul all the time. <laughs> well, apparently, if you make a, if you spend enough money on CGI and cameras and stuff, put it on YouTube, you can make it a movie. Because that's how... Uh, remember when we were at Toys R Us the other day, I remember I, you were like, you know, what movie do you want to pick out? You know, whatever. I was like, eh, I don't really see anything interesting. And something caught my attention. I was like, there was a little... It was a DVD of this Halo, uh, not really a movie, but it was sort of like a series on YouTube, and they made it into a full-length movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Now, but how do you make money out of that? You can, uh, some of the, uh, the people on YouTube will subscribe, you get popular enough or whatever, right. they'll, uh, some people will try to get you on a contract for something and then you can get money from it. Well, see, I would go, and I, I'm just going to be honest, mm-hmm. we have a cousin that was the former president of Sony Pictures, you know, and he's he's connected into that world. I think I would try my hand with that direction yeah. first. You know, then try to win some contest or, or yeah. go out. Because I'm, at, you know, I'm almost 36. And 40 is closer than it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm closer to 40 than I am to 20. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of past that whole try your hand to win something. Yeah, it, it just to me it feels like a waste of time. So mm-hmm. I think because we'll find out soon if the if the person and I, I've concealed the name. I haven't talked about who I've been talking to about becoming the CEO of, of MythWorks. Mm-hmm. If she says yes, then that's going to open up more time for me. And I think, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm about ready to to do something as far as making a movie. And I know one of the first questions that pop into people's head is, well, where are you going to make that money? And I think we could realistically make mm-hmm. a very good body bag for $25,000. Yeah. What there is, and I didn't realize this until I, I don't remember where I heard it. Maybe on the radio or something. There's websites that you can go and ask for donations. And I figured, well, what the hell? You know, yeah. there's big name studios <laughs> that are asking for donations. Yeah. So I figured, let's try that. Let's try to raise twenty five thousand dollars. And I know what you're talking about too, because I've seen people use it before. It's uh. People that do podcasts and stuff like that, so, sort of similar like this, or do live streams on the internet. Mm-hmm. They uh, they'll have like uh, they'll be talking about something, you know, blah blah blah, chit chat, and they'll be like, well, you know, they'll 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 not really lean into it. They'll just be like, well, blah 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 blah, but if I get the money to do this. Which you can help by donating down below, blah, 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 then I could do this, and then we'd have a bunch more stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know? Right. Well, what I'm thinking is, is making it, you know, I'm not doing the dollar thing. Yeah. That's a waste of time. $10 is a waste of time. Minimum donation is like 100 bucks. 100 bucks, you're, you're going to get your 100 bucks plus, you know, a piece of the profit. Because you're an investor, so obviously you you will get your hundred bucks back plus some. Yeah. And say, put you a walk on or something. 
Um, you know, you, you throw out a thousand bucks. Okay, well, you're going to get your thousand bucks back, and plus the cut of the profit. Plus, maybe we'll give you a cameo. Yeah. And if somebody actually wants to go and, you know, pay for half the movie, I will write a piece for them in the movie. (laughs) And I'm not just talking one or two lines. I will actually put them in the movie to do this. And so we're just a sneeze away from 2013. So I think... Let's just look at pre-production, say like 2015. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would really, you know, and, and I, I don't want to sound like, and you, you say, I don't think you've actually ever said it on air, but you've told me, you've told Aaron, you know, that you think I'm very egotistical. True. Maybe it is because of my ego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's getting pretty big. <laughs> but it's it's the thing, you know, even to the point of now, okay? Two months before we started recording, I called you and I said, I am starting a podcast network. And what happened? We started it. I started a podcast network. Yeah. It's just, and I'm not bragging. I'm really not bragging. It's just... Because it's just something that you've accomplished. It's, it's not like... You say you do one thing and completely do a 360 and do the other thing. He usually does what he says he's going to do. If it's in his power. And, you know, that was the only thing... Because I learned a lot from the first pre-production. Unfortunately, I don't work the amount of hours of what I did back in 2006 when we started pre-production for the original body bag. Mm. You know, I raised myself... I raised $10,000 for the movie. That was my own money. That was no investors. That was no nothing. It was just... But back then, I felt that what I could do now for $25,000, I, I could have done then, you know, for ten. Yeah. It's just the inflation and everything's gone up, so that's why there's more money. Um, but I, I learned so much. Like, hire real actors. And, and, and despite the, the fact that a person may look almost identical of what you see in their in your head as a character if they don't have an acting credential behind them just pass don't care how good of a friend they are because in the end that number one could screw up your whole production and that's kind of what happened with us with body bag is because we had someone that we casted for the lead female and she was a good friend of mine she actually did have a little bit of stage acting in the past and she looked very similar to what I had the idea of Don look like well due to personal relationships um, there was a conflict with the script and I was not willing to renegotiate you know two weeks before shooting Mm -hmm. rewrite the script Mm -hmm. for certain parts Um, you know my stuff, I've always been told that I tell a good story, but what what I really do the best is dialogue. Yeah. It's very believable. And to mash good dialogue into certain scenes to make it very believable, because if you don't have a physical relationship with someone, especially a brand new boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah. 
you have a very, you know, that's pretty much what's on your mind, mm. is a physical relationship. So if, if two people met, they become a couple, and they don't have a physical relationship, that's not believable. Yeah. You're like, what, you know, which one's closet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so I wasn't going to jeopardize the quality of my story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, two weeks before we started shooting, you know, we were just looking. Didn't I had you online looking for cameras at yeah. that point, didn't I? Yeah. And she dropped out and then, you know, Ron died, who was going to play the professor. Uh, he he actually, he did. He croaked. Um, I know that's not what I mean, <laughs> but he did. He, he died. He was, he was young, too. He was about 38. And then this one guy knew who was going to play a doctor with this nurse that I knew, who was actually a real nurse. And I figured, well, that kind of fit, because she was a real nurse. Yeah. They had been a couple before. I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even know you <laughs> knew each other. And he's like, I'm not, uh-uh, I'm not going near her. So they both dropped out. And, and at this point, I'm like, ah. And then the whole Russo thing with what, you know, the, the who had the rights to body. Yeah. Because... Though it was, some of it was his idea. Originally, it was the story of the class of 2001. But if you look at the outline to the class of 2001 to Body Bag, it's it's very, I don't want to say different, because there is some similarities, but it's it's different. Yeah. You know, class of 2001 was the original concept of Body Bag, and it took, the majority of it took place inside a school. And it was a high school at that. Yeah. Class of 2001. Um you know, yes, I did. I took him out of high school. I made him older just because you can do so much more stuff with older, you know, people. You don't have to have them, you know, my age. You don't even yeah. have to have them your age. You know, just... Yeah, your age. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it works because, you know, there's no legal boundaries to where you can push it. Yeah. And the the figure, I created the figure. Jason, who is the lead character... The lead male character. I created him. Bruce, the primary. I created him. I came up with the concept of the chick, but Russo named her Don. He did name a character. I'm the one that set it in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who came up with this whole scheme of, okay, we're going to lead fake clues to who, you know, who these people, who you think is going to be the killer. And I purposely went in there and wrote, you know, like, oh, then you're like, oh, Bruce is definitely the killer. Or, oh, no, Jason's definitely the killer. And you're like, oh, no, 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 it's, it's Don, it's Don. And then you go, oh, it's Bruce again. I did that purposely. There was none of that in the original concept. Um, the machete thing, that was my idea. You know, he, he wanted Russo, when I say he... Um, he just wanted like random objects. He felt that it was more realistic than just carrying around the blade, which I do agree that's more realistic. But the 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 whole persona of a machete reflects back on Friday the Thirteenth and is very ominous. It may not be a hundred percent believable, but you yeah. have that sense of of being ominous yeah. and being threatening. Okay, I'm sorry. I just went off on a whole, whole long tangent. I'm sorry. 
Um, so I say that I created, well, I, I definitely created the new script. Um, I created the majority of the characters. I created the scenes, and I would like to start working on that. You should make a Christmas themed one. Christmas theme? Yeah. <laughs> Have the weapon of choice, the Christmas tree topper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, when you decide to start getting this started, I will do the hair and makeup. Okay. So, since this is our Christmas um, episode, you know how, like, all our podcasts, we have underlying music. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have our, our Michael Buffer introduction every episode. I was thinking more along the lines of a Christmas song introduction. Yeah. I was thinking something like, uh, what is it, Jingle Bombs? <laughs> you know, from Ahmed, um, oh, yeah. the terrorist? Now, <clears throat> can I get away with that? Or what do you think I could get sued? Uh, is it, is there like a place where you, there's profit being made off of it? From... Well, yeah. It, it, actually, yeah, because when you download the premiums... Mm. You, it's copywritten, you can't use it. Yeah, you, you start with the the intro song, and then it goes into our podcast. Mm. Unless, you know, for premiums, it would probably be a pain in the ass for me to do on premiums, is just put our regular song on premium, and then, I don't know, I'll think. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, Jingle Bombs would be a, a good introduction for our Christmas segment. Um, so Christmas is tomorrow. I can't believe it's got here so fast. Oh my God. Uh, what are you guys wanting for Christmas this year? Anything? He already got what he wanted. I already got what I wanted. So. Okay. Well, let's go from there. What do you, what'd you get? Uh, we mentioned it last episode. Thing, right? I think so. Uh, the little the DJ controller with the iPod dock on it. That thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What'd you get, Bets? Well, well, I got clothes and makeup, but I already got that a long time ago. Right. <laughs> but I got my wedding band and my engagement ring. You got that for Christmas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I made him buy me something. I was like, you're buying me something for Christmas. <laughs> uh, there's so much that I want this year. Um... MacBook Pro. Yeah. <laughs> I want a PS Vita, but that ain't gonna happen. I think, but what I I really want is because I don't even listen to. I got an iPod too. That wasn't for Christmas though. That was a gift to myself because I'm so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't listen to the radio when I'm in the car. Yeah. And you know the. The SUV I have is, is an older SUV. It predates all the, you know, the iPod before even the iPod came out. Predates modern science. <clears throat> Pretty much. <laughs> and I listen to Pandora, you know, a, a, a lot. Uh, in fact, usually I have, you know, I hope no cops are listening. Um, you know, normally I have my Bluetooth in my right ear and then I have a plug in my left ear listening to music. Yeah. I would like, you know, one of those, um, I can't even think what they're called, but you, you go and you plug it into either your phone or your iPod or whatever, you set it to a specific radio station, radio station and it comes out to your speakers. That's actually what I really want. And if Lacey is just by wild chance listening to this, hint, hint, and double hint, I would 
that's what I really want. When I get serious, I like ready for your Because that's a rich person service. I don't even have that, okay? No. That's expensive. But it's awesome. I, I have an issue with paying for radio. It, it, oh, what? Oh, yeah, never mind. See, because, no, I have the free Pandora. You know, you, you know what you need to get for Christmas? What's that? A brand new car with a built-in AUX outlet, an AUX and an cable, iPod. and an iPod. <laughs> and it set. You'll be good to go. I don't really like those little, those little radio things, because they get staticky sometimes. The little things you plug into your iPod and mm-hmm. you plug into the radio. In my car, I have the AUX outlet with the plug. I like that, but... Not every car has an AUX thing. That's the only problem. And that's what I was saying. It, you know, it predates all that. Yeah, because it would be just much, much easier. Yeah. Um, my poor SUV is, is on its last leg. Yeah, it's about to rest in peace. Yeah, and it's crunches. <laughs> I'll probably end up. Don't be surprised if I buy a new car next year. Yeah. So, yeah, in the near future, you know, I'll probably buy a new car and then... Uh, not have all the, the fixings on it because I, I just the, the the songs are the same songs that they play up here oh my god uh, okay let me tell you something at my school they play on the floor they play the radio over the, the speaker system and whoever works the front desk that's the radio station uh-huh. to whatever they want Except for anything good, obviously. <laughs> but, uh... They play the same songs four or five times a day. Like, there's, these, there's this one song. I'm sure everybody knows what it is. That Call Me Maybe song by Carly Rae Jepsen. You probably don't know what it is, because you don't listen to that type of music. But, I hate that song. With passion. Call Me Crazy. But, that I know sucks. that song by heart. Word for word, because they play it five times a freaking day. No, is you, you don't is even that need to pop listen to it five what times is it? a day. No, it's like pop. I don't know. It's horrid. It's, uh, it's horrid pop. But think about a twelve-year-old girl that has nothing else to do but think of a song to write. And that's what it it's basically like. a song about. It goes, I okay. It goes, I just met you. This is crazy. Here's my number. So call me baby. And in the video, she basically falls in love with a gay guy or something like that. It's weird. Okay, it's a horrible song. The lyrics are crap. But they, I just can't take it anymore. Like, they need to get a clue as to what good music is. I really listen to 991. Rap music and listen to that shit. <clears throat> um, last time I listened to 991, it was still Art DeVoe. But that was before it was classic. But then again... And, it's and Art LeBeau. Art, is it Art LeBeau? Yeah. Uh, it's been he's so many still, years. He still has a station. It's on, it's on Sundays, I think. Right. Not a station, but a segment. But for me, which is kind of weird, the stuff I listened to when I was a teenager is now becoming classic rock. Yeah. And that, that kind of freaks me out. You're like, whoa, man, it wasn't that long ago, I swear. <laughs> I listen to everything. When you put Nirvana and classic together, that, you know, or, well, not just classic, but Nirvana, classic rock, that's, that's like an oxymoron. It just doesn't fit. Yeah, it's like putting a triangle in a circle. You're like, I don't, why? (laughs) And, you know, like, uh, they held that concert uh, a week or two weeks ago. Um, It was on 12-12-12. And uh, who was it? 
Pink Floyd, the remaining members of Pink Floyd, yeah. they came out and they did, you know, songs and they started comfortably numb. And Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam came out. Really? Wow. And and he he really rocked that song. He did. He just because I haven't heard Eddie Vedder Eddie Vedder in years. Yeah. And he just he nailed it. But to look at him, the the image that I have in my head, it's mm. a completely different <laughs> like now. Yeah. You know because I'm I'm thinking you know. 1991 Pearl Jam Eddie Vedder you know young guy long he's the lead singer right yeah okay and you know he has he's still for for his age you know is is long is probably well he's not going bald like me so he's got more hair (laughs) than right so it all kind of comes down evenly yeah so it's it's probably shoulder length but I remember seeing him he used to have like long long hair yeah and of course he was young he was in his 20s so he had that baby face and to see the 40 something Eddie Vedder was like wow you're like yeah speaking <laughs> of him they had a rumor that he was dead for a long time really yeah it went out, like, and I believed it I was like he's dead really like when did he die like where was I so I like I researched into it obviously he's not dead because you saw him but <laughs> yeah they said he was dead everybody's dead yeah everybody's dead we're all dead. The mind prophecies were full. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that kind of made me feel weird, you know, seeing, like I said, the forty-something year old yeah. Eddie Vedder. The Rolling Stones, holy hell! They got up there and they were saying that they're they're the oldest group that still tours, and I was like, well, you know, other than Keith Richards, who should look older than any of them. Because, you know, he's, like, cracked out. Mm-hmm. He does so much blow, he should have died back in the 70s. But he's still <laughs> kicking. And he's still, you know... Look at Charlie Sheen. <laughs> but they all look really old. I'm like, well, how old are they? Yeah. And I looked them, and the majority of the, the group are pretty much the same age. And they all turn 70 next year. Wow. I'm like, I hope I'm 50, okay? Mm. I, I do. That's... 70 and still touring and 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 you know and being able to play them instruments yeah and and you know I was going to say Keith Richards is still you know he he's huffing away in it yeah <laughs> that's that's his way of you know fountain of youth man Just hit that co card I have to go back past to Nirvana but I don't remember what show it was I can't remember if it was a family guy episode or an America Dad episode, but it was one of them, and it was talking about like if uh, Kurt Cobain had never died, uh-huh. or if he had never done drugs or something like that. <coughs> and it, it it showed like Nirvana, and it said like they were they were recording their ninth album. Mm. And she, uh, Courtney Love comes up and they're like, "Who are you?" She goes, "No." She comes up and she's like, "I'm Courtney Love." They're all, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> like no, she wasn't popular. Nobody knew who she was. If they would, it's like if they still would have been alive, what it would have right. been like. Mm. It made me laugh though. I was like, that's. It was, I think it was Family Guy. I think it was Family Guy. I think yeah. Stu was talking about, like, Nirvana or something. Yeah. Okay, I want to bring this around. We're going to end, end this on a Christmas note. Any Christmas movies you guys looking forward to seeing? As in, like, ones that already come out or ones that are coming Any out? Any Christmas movie, yeah, coming out. They've been out. I can't watch I still want to. I still want to see that uh, Harold and Kumar Christmas I've never thing. seen that either. Yeah. Like, I still want to see. When did it come out? Last year or the year last before? Year. 
See, that's a generation gap because I was thinking, wow, you know, Miracle on 34th Street. Oh my God, no. Be cool. <laughs> or like you know Christmas. What? Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> or the Christmas story. No. That's one of my favorites. First I... of all, Christmas story has been overplayed. When I was a kid, like Not... 9 to 14, they played that nonstop on ABC all the freaking time. <laughs> Not even that. No, no, wait, wait. And then he just had, okay, the other day, mom comes out here and she's like, I want to watch a Christmas movie. I'm like, don't say Miracle on 34th Street. She tortures me every year. <laughs> and watch that movie every day for the whole month of December. And I can't take it anymore. I can't watch the original, and I can't watch the new one. I cannot stand that movie. Another one I'm looking forward to. I actually seen, <clears throat> because with the kids, you know, I have it on Disney a lot. Yeah. Or like ABC Family and stuff. Um, they had the Santa Claus 1, 2, and 3. Uh-huh. I, I like those. I like Tim Allen. Yeah. Uh, I, what? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I enjoyed them. I mean, that, that's something I always look forward to. I'm hoping this year that they're going to do the old-fashioned claymation, you know, like Frosty Snowman. And... Those, I love. They're they're called Christmas classics. Yeah. I, I remember there was this one, because I used to have the tapes for this <laughs> yeah. there was three sets my mom bought them for me for Christmas a long time ago I don't have them anymore but like, they had different classic like the old claymation like and the old they're also animated like drawn right the evolution of robot chicken <laughs> and they had this one and I remember it, it was funny because it was so racist but it was I loved it it was cute it was these little kids came to give Santa a Christmas mm. and they came from all over the world there was like a little kid from Russia China Africa but the, the drawings were so racist and I was like when I was little I was like that's like I knew I was like nine I'm like that's so racist like even back then <laughs> I'm sure people have probably seen it I can't think what it's called I think it's called Christmas for Santa or something like that it was like a little mini cartoon mm. but I love the original the Christmas mm. classics I'm also looking forward to the the release of the Christmas Carol mm-hmm. um I seen the the one with Jim Carrey, you know the the new newest one with Jim Carrey. Is that the one they kind of made like Polar Express? Yeah. Okay. Um, I seen that a couple weeks ago. That was pretty good. Um, my personal favorite, and, and you guys are really gonna laugh, but my absolute favorite version of the Christmas Carol is the Disney characters Christmas Carol. You know, with Mickey. Oh, and... I love that one. I forgot about that. I like that one too. So <clears throat> Scrooge then... was a. Was the duck? I can't think of his name. Ebenezer. Ebenezer Scrooge was Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. And uh, I'm. I. They only play it on Christmas Day, yeah. so I'm actually looking forward to seeing that. What are they playing it on? They're not playing it on Disney. Oh, okay, I have to watch that. All right, folks. This is it. This is. This is the. The end of our Christmas show. I hope everybody, I hope all you guys get the presents that you want and all the food you can eat and enjoy your holiday season. Be safe while you're out on the road and come back next week. We're going to count down. We're literally going to do the 10, 9, 8 all the way to 2013. So I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. And remember, have a happy whatever doesn't offend you. <laughs> have a good night, folks. And we're back. Yes. So, feeling Christmassy now? No, not yet. No? Yeah, left side's still out, though. Ah, oh, son of a gun. I don't know what it is. All right, I'm hating my equipment now. <laughs>
<laughs> Technical difficulties. Beyond. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll go on to the next episode. Yeah. And keep wiggling wires and pushing buttons, and that's how I live my life. Well, you know, that's uh, that's the best way to go through it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so the next now, okay, we've gone from stereo to old timey mono radio. That's right. Cool. Gonna have that in the background. <laughs> I am just not picking up anything yeah. here. This All right, start the episode. Okay. Yeah, they don't want to hear us trying to fix things out. Uh, this one is a movie Madhouse special. What? Yes. From August 10th, 2013, it's the animated comic special. <laughs> where we did all the shows that were animated for yeah. Marvel and DC. Yeah. I remember that show, too. And there, was, there was a couple of non-Marvel DC because we were throwing Hellboy in there as well. Yeah, that's yeah. true, too. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. So, Marvel, DC, and Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Rob Zombie had a, uh, a, uh, an animated one. Yeah, we never talked about it, but yeah. No, because it was definitely a harder <laughs> animated one. Yeah, well, some of those DC, they kind of touch the edge. Really riding the line. Oh, yes. The, the violence. So, Anyways. let's give it a listen to, shall we? Yeah. Here we go. Movie Madhouse. It's got no number. It's a special. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to a special edition episode of the Movie Madhouse. I'm Jason Bachard. Oh, uh, I'm Mike Lutz. And I'm Rob Bellamy. And this is uh, something that kind of came up on us kind of a surprise. It was a, an email suggestion. To who? To... This one's for you, Dre Dog. Hey. <laughs> Andre, this one, as you requested, we are going to discuss the Marvel slash DC comic book animated features. Yeah. And my understanding is, actually, let me break into my notes here real quick. Um, according to everything that I've seen so far, Batman Mask of the Phantasm was the very first animated feature that was uh, put out. Yeah. And that was in 1993. Yeah, but it was a classic. Yeah. I said, I said, I'm having a hard time recalling it. But uh, I said, going going through the recent um, list of the movies, it, it was um, DC has been number one, I'm, I'm thinking, with the, uh, with the animated features. Yeah, I mentioned that a few weeks ago, um, that Marvel's doing great with their actual feature films, but the animated features is all DC. I gotta jump on you there too. The first one was actually Marvel. Nineteen eighty Dracula. Sovereign of the Damned. I've never even heard of that. Oh. Yes. Hmm. And then it jumps to two thousand and six. Yeah. So, so the, uh, yeah. <laughs> they they took a break. A long yeah. break. Yeah, because yeah the uh, the Marvel the Marvel features have been kind of uh Soft, I guess you could say, when it comes to when you're comparing it to the uh, the DC. Oh yeah, De definitely. I find DC, uh, DC is the Xbox, where Marvel is the Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. In the animated features, yes, yes, that's a good analogy. Definitely. Well, you said you're looking at the um, the uh, the anim the uh, the features, and DC has. Um, quite a toolbox but they've gone to the batman wall 10 different times when but it, it but it doesn't matter it, 
people love Batman. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not disparaging them for going <laughs> to the Batman wall because they said more Batman stories is fine by me. But they said when you look at it, it when you break it all down to the uh, to the features, you got Batman. It's got ten titles. You got Superman with five. Then next is the uh, the Justice League. With four titles. Which includes, of course, Batman and Superman in them. Absolutely. So you said they're not going to go too much too much a stream with that. Um, then you have two Green Lantern movies and one Wonder Woman movie. Like, I didn't count the uh, the two Batman, Superman, Apocalypse, okay. and, uh, and Public Enemy. But in that list, do you have the showcases, the, uh, the, the short features that were like ahead of the I think it was Wonder Woman had the uh, showcase of the Spectre see this would be all animated films the show the yes. short ones are animated shorts yeah so you're in a like, different category yeah I'm not no, I'm not looking at the the okay. shorts ever part I was looking at the uh, the titles of the, the features themselves sure so Actually, um, the Teen Titans were in there, too. Uh, Teen Titans, yeah. There was one Teen Titans one. There yeah. was? Yeah, Trouble. there was. Uh, Trouble, Trouble in Tokyo. Tokyo. 2007. I don't know how I missed that one. Uh, you I were so oh, I'm, I'm such a bad fan. Okay, well, there was also one in there. It was... Um, it was a tie-in for the uh, the Watchmen. Oh, Tales of the Black Freighter. Yeah. Yes. Tales of the, so they, I never did see that one. But to me, Watchmen... Well, well, to me, Watchmen isn't a part of the regular DC universe. But it's released under the same... It's under the same guys, yes. So it yeah. still counts. That's right. That's fine. Okay. If, so. we're, if we're just chalking up numbers, yes, DC yeah. wins no. by oh. a landslide. And actually, <laughs> oh, yes, it, they, the first five of the DC universe were, were Batman. Yep. Yep. They didn't even take a break. Well, Batman, that's because Batman, Batman, Batman saw a huge uh, resurgence in his popularity in the 90s. Uh, the, the Mask of the Phantasm was a direct result coming off of the Batman animated series that was hugely popular. Yeah. Yep. And uh, actually, Mask of the Phantasm, as I recall, is the only one that you'll find on that list that had a theatrical release. I would think you're right. I think you're right. That. I don't recall any other one actually seen, being seen in theaters. And as we were saying earlier, I thought I'd seen one, then I thought I'd seen two. I've now seen three. I did see Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers are rising. Growing. So on the other side of the coin, uh, you have your Marvel features. Um, Rob pointed out that... Uh, Dracula? Marvel, Marvel did a Dracula animated feature back in 1980. 1980. I didn't even see that when I was doing my research. And then oh, they did another one too, uh, Koyofu Densetsu. Uh, it's released under Marvel, but basically it's the monster Frankenstein. It's oh, okay. So they're almost like their anime wing kind of thing, right? All right. But like I said, that was 1980, and then 1981, and then. Boom, 2006, where I think you're about to start. Yeah, that's when the uh, the Avengers, Ultimate Avengers uh, 1 and 2 came out. Yep. And then they go right from that to Invincible Iron Man. And, like, with Marvel, they they went deep into the pool with a lot of their, their characters that they did. They just didn't rely on Batman and Superman. You're right. Well, they're not now allowed what? to because that would be copyright infringement. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> now, when, when, were, when, were, when did the Ultimate Avengers come out? 2006. Okay. 
at that point, you know that the gears were already running for the beginnings of the Avengers movie. That whole, like, not maybe not the, the movie itself, but the Iron Man and that whole universe, the new cinematic universe. Yeah. You know the wheels were turning on that. So the animated features coming out when they did is obviously planting the seeds to get more fans, especially the younger fans, to come out to the, those main feature films. Oh, so they, absolutely. They knew about it because X-Men had already been out. Yep. Yeah. At that point. Yep. And then, as I said, they, looking at the list, they go, they even have uh, the next Avengers, the uh, the Avenger Kids. I love that movie. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I've watched it, I don't know how many times. Yeah. The That was a really good one. My personal favorite on the list is the, uh, the Hulk versus uh, series. I do like the Hulk versus Thor story better than the Wolverine one. Really? I like the Thor one. I just, I thought the whole idea of Loki messing with uh, Hulk's head and, you know, kind of taking over the body and whatnot, but then Hulk getting mad enough to actually pick up the hammer. Yeah. To me, that's just, err. <laughs> I, I was, I was a uh, more of a fan of the, uh, the Hulk versus Wolverine one, just because we got to see Deadpool being well, actually Deadpool. Yes, there is that. And Deadpool was voiced by Nolan North. Who some people may know, he's a huge voice actor, especially in video games right now. Uh, some of the hottest video games like Uncharted, um, Last of Us. He's got he does an appearance. He's one of the hottest voice actors in video games now. Yeah, and he did the voice of Deadpool in that. He did a fantastic job. He, I, did. I, he as far as I'm concerned, he like, the the guy that plays the Hulk uh, voices the Hulk will always be the Hulk. Same with. The guy that did Deadpool, and I said it was it was good stuff all the way around. So you're not looking forward to the announcement that the Deadpool movie is happening in 2016? Oh, I oh. heard that just today. Actually, someone mentioned it. Uh, there, there's a script apparently that's ready to go. Ryan Reynolds is gonna do it. God damn it! He, <laughs> come on, he knocked the Wade Wilson part out. In yeah, Wolverine Origins. He did. He was a fantastic way. If, if they go back and let him be Wade Wilson instead of what the hell he that was. That wasn't him. Who, then who the hell was it? it? Scott Atkins did the stunts for that. Well, it, <laughs> it, they, yes, they, I admit that they messed up the Deadpool character in that movie late in the movie. Yeah. That, that Deadpool is not the Deadpool we know and love. That's for sure. But... The movie that they're doing is going to be the Deadpool that we know and love. I would hope And so. honestly, whether you like him or not, in my opinion, Ryan Reynolds is the only actor in Hollywood today that can pull off the physique, the physical action, and the mouth. Especially the mouth. Ryan Reynolds is one of the quickest witted actors in Hollywood today. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> yes, I win. Well, well you're going to yeah, hang your head on that, pal. He's, <laughs> he's just one the, of the quickest witted that has been written for. Absolutely. He ad-libs a lot of his stuff. Wow. Yeah, he does. That is true. We all know actor, directors love when people ad-lib stuff. <laughs> um, you're still bitter. As yeah. I recall, <laughs> see, the whole Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool thing to me for me started in Blade Trinity. I watched some behind-the-scenes stuff, and he talked about it in that, that he was talking with uh, David S. Goyer, who I believe was the producer on it, maybe even the director, I can't remember. Um, and he, they were at that point trying to get the Deadpool movie made. Ryan Reynolds is a huge Deadpool fan. So him getting to play Wade Wilson was a dream come true to start with. 
But in that same behind-the-scenes thing, three-quarters of the lines, other than the key key plot points that he says, three-quarters of Ryan Reynolds' lines in Blade Trinity were ad-libbed. All right. Well, he just... If they if they let him do the Wade Wilson that he did, I'll be fine with that. And I'm sure that's what they're going to do. They well, they've got to. They well, he, he's Deadpool's got such a uh, cult following right now. It, 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 to mess with him is like uh, messing with Wolverine. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say we, we should get back on the animated thing, but I will say because this whole Deadpool movie coming has got me thinking. I know we'll never see it in a live-action format, but if you haven't read it yet, I can lend it to you. Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. It's a one-shot. It is friggin' fantastic. It's funny. It's a little dark, but it's really funny and twisted. If they could pull that into an animated feature, it would be friggin' mind-blowing. Well, I wonder, like, the uh, the storyline in the Deadpool video game, like, it basically it's like uh, Arkham Asylum Deadpoolized. I, you know, I keep hearing about it. I've never seen the trailers. I've never seen any game footage. I don't know anybody who's played it, but I want it. <laughs> I, you said they, they did, uh, if you look on YouTube, you can find some of the Deadpool I, I, I stuff have like to. That. One of these days, i got to remember to do that. Yeah, it, it Basically, it's... Arkham Asylum, that style of Batman free uh, sandbox game. I'm playing Arkham City right now. Yeah, so it's basically Deadpool running around doing Deadpool stuff, whereas it would be Batman doing Batarangs. It's Deadpool shooting people in the face and swinging swords. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of people in that game, too. Cable, Mr. Sinister, Wolverine, Rogue, Domino, Arclight. Wow. That doesn't surprise me. He crossed paths with a lot of people. Yeah, they said Arclight. That's I don't. It's, that's such, such a going deep into the well yeah. of the Marvel vaults trying to dig up characters. Arclight, Pizza Guy's in it. Pizza Guy, pizza Keith guy. Ferguson. He voices Pizza Guy. <laughs> Already then. And, uh, all right, and Channing so. Kirch voices Bikini Girl. Oh, well, there oh hey, there's a there's a hero I can get behind. Bring up your, your Deadpool <laughs> movie. I just realized one of the writers is actually one of the creators of Deadpool, Rob Layfield. Really? really? Rob Layfield and Fabian Nazeeza. Well, Interesting. I, I wonder if he's actually going to have ankles this time. Probably not. He's going to have pouches. Yes. He's, if, yeah. if Layfield's involved, he's going to have pouches. Yeah, but my biggest concern with Layfield is don't let him handle the money. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. No. Okay. <laughs> Party on the set. So back to the animated features. Yes, the animated features. Um, what? Since you've seen them all, both DC and Marvel, mm-hmm. I've seen. A good I haven't seen um, in the Mar- on the Marvel side. I haven't seen their two latest, the Planet Hulk or the Thor Tales of Asgard. I've uh, seen those. Those uh, those missed me somehow. Yeah, I've seen those. So uh, we can fill in a lot of the gaps somewhere okay. along the line. You, on the other hand, you just uh, sit there and run the board. I'm just here for sound. All right, that a boy. <laughs> Moral support. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, what would you say would be your favorite cart comic book animated uh, feature? See, and as with all our topics, okay. I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> and I know you can throw it, though. Okay, you have the DVD in front of which DVD you put in first. Yeah. Okay? But I can give you a top three. Okay. That's close. The Batman Dark Knight Returns. 
part one and two. It's mm. all one movie. Yeah, you have to watch it together. One. Yeah. Okay. It, which to me is best, the best Batman movie we'll ever see probably in our lifetimes. I agree. That the next Avengers Heroes of Tomorrow. That's a good. That one. story just blows me away. Yep. And Superman versus the Elite. That was a fun one too. It that was. It was original. And it got that really nice dark twist at the end. That yeah. Just, that took me by surprise, and I I just love how they did that. Well, the uh, I've been finding a lot with the uh, the DC ones. They are aiming for it, it. Almost looks like an older crowd. They are definitely because they're not afraid to show the blood. In the in the comic, they may not be showing the actual graphic violence. You may not see actually happening, but you're seeing blood splatter. You're seeing blood dripping. Um, I, I watched would, Superman Unbound today for the first time. Yeah, and I I had to do a double take. Have you seen it? Yeah. When Brainiac, okay, spoilers, spoilers. Brainiac has, has bottled the part of uh, Metropolis. Yep. And he's looking in the bottle, looking at the city, looking right at Lois Lane, who's on, who's inside the Daily Planet building, and she looks right up at him and gives him the double finger bird, yep. you know, the yep. double finger salute. In a freaking animated feature, <laughs> they, they actually did that, and I know, oh, it's just the fingers, but you know what? You just don't see that. No. Nope. The um, I would. I would counter your saying where they don't show the graphic violence. Um, Dark Knight Returns, when Joker and Batman were fighting in the Tunnel of Love. Yes. Joker shivs Batman six times, and they show the, okay. the arm motion, and they show the blood flying. That movie has to have the is the exception to the rule because they kept it so true to the original graphic novel. That it, they just had to go that deep. But none of the other ones will do that. Oh. I haven't seen uh, anything like that. I thought we were going to. The yeah. Wonder Woman one, that was violent. Yes. And that had some pretty graphic and scenes you know in it, too. And in my opinion, Wonder Woman may be one of the most violent characters they have because she did something similar in the latest Justice League, Flashpoint Paradox. Yeah. With a kid. Yeah. A kid. Yeah, that that Flashpoint Paradox one, the Justice, the, the latest Justice League one. Wow! It just came out. It's and it it is a good one. It's it's definitely a great show. That, hmm. See, that's again. You're gonna we fall back onto the uh, the difference between Marvel and DC is the power level of the people involved, mm -hmm. and it, it's just. They're ridiculously overpowered in DC. Well, they're gods. They're yeah. They're they're they said the only exception to the rule. There's a handful. Okay, you go with like Green Arrow and Batman and stuff like that. Relatively human-looking people with no powers other than stuff like that. But they still are sh head and shoulders above mere mortals. Oh yeah. I actually I. I I'm, I've been out of touch with the comics, okay? Like, I've read a lot of the trades of their major story arcs over the last few years. All the Green Lantern, the Blackest Night stuff. I read, I read all that. I haven't read the Flashpoint graphic novel yet. 
Um, so I didn't see the source material. And that's the big thing DC's been doing with all their animated features. They're basing, they're putting out these animated features on their major story arcs over the last few years. They're basically condensing them into a feature film format, and it's working. It, I, I, I would not, I would, or I, I'm getting tongue-tied. <laughs> I would be surprised if they have not seen a jump in readership to the actual comics thanks to these feature films. Well, one of the next ones coming out, Justice League War, it's based on the first 52. The, the new 52? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yep. See, I, that doesn't surprise me because Flashpoint was the last story arc that led to the new 52. Did I say the first 52? Yeah, you did. I did, yeah. <laughs> well, there's 52 first issues. So. Yeah. The, the next 52. There we go. Yeah. Now, um, in the Flashpoint paradox, though, I, I, I chuckled because, again, like I said, I've been out of touch with the comics for the most part. But I know that... On the managerial standpoint, whatnot, that Jim Lee, one of the hottest artists who broke out in the, I believe it was the 90s, is when he really broke out. Early 90s. uh, He's one of the founding fathers of Image Comics. His brand in that was the Wildstorm Comics. Grifter. Grifter was in Flashpoint Paradox. Grifter was a character from Wildcats, a Wildstorm title, that did get absolved into the DC universe. But Mm -hmm. to see him in there... I had to do another double take. It's yeah. like, whoa. I did the exact same thing when he popped up on screen and went, oh, well, that, there's a little surprise for everybody that wasn't expecting that. He, and, I, to my knowledge, he's not a well-known character outside of the Wildstorm fans. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's grown and maybe they have been using him in D.C. lately. I, I haven't heard mention of him. No. Well, he it, is in the D.C. universe. Well, yeah. The whole Wildstorm lineup is there. Yep. But did, I haven't. Did he never jump seen... over to the straight up D.C. universe? Yep. Oh, well, there it is. I, I haven't seen him in any of the other features. Never seen any any other Wildstorm characters. That's the first one I've seen pop up in the features. Well, Jim Lee is now. Uh, he's He runs D.C. Yeah. So he's, he's going to stick with his uh, his baby and then he's going to. Mm-hmm push it as hard as he can <laughs> so like i said which is completely understandable and i said i don't you can't fault the guy for uh wanting to push his uh nope. his stuff i'm just surprised it took this long yeah because he's been there for quite a while now as i recall so well like i said he's a yeah, figure it out he, he's the boss he can take his maybe, time maybe, do whatever he did he without, wants. maybe he did it without them knowing you just here, here, just, just slip this guy in <laughs> yeah, some guy in the background scene is that like, like well, he went to one of the animators he's quietly slipped him a fifty dollar bill. Just, just put him in there. But I should I'm your boss. Yeah, that's what he was saying. You, 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 can, you can put Grifter in there, right? Put who and what? Okay, next you're fired. Yeah, you're fired. Take, take, get rid of that. We don't need that guy. Who, who's that blue beetle? I ah, get rid of him. Put put the red mask on him. Nobody's heard of the blue beetle. <laughs> I love blue beetle. Actually, Mr. Um, Gold. Because I used to yep. I see I used to play DC Universe online. And I got such a kick out of the Booster Gold stuff because I don't know any of his superpowers. I don't know what he can do, but he just comes across as such an arrogant douche. Oh, he is. <laughs> he's, from, he's from the future. He was a janitor in a superhero museum in the future and uh, basically scooped up a whole bunch of toys from some of the future superheroes, hopped in, ripped what's-his-name's time machine there, and jumped back in time. And now he's a superhero now. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is one of the better origin stories I've yes, heard. Yes, that's phenomenal. <laughs> that's a completely original. I stole a know? guy's suit, went back in time. <laughs> I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, okay, going back to... Uh, back to topic. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Flashpoint Paradox. Yeah. Um, I was struck at how easily, like, I'm not a big DC fan. And going back to the overpowerness, um, the Flash, there's such thing as a time barrier that the Flash can break at will just by running fast. And I just like, whoa, what what is going on here? See, that's where I've been out of touch with it because I thought the only way he had anything to do with time travel, it had something to do with some treadmill thing, cosmic treadmill. I thought that had something to do with the time travel, but there was no mention of that at all in that film. Nope. No, they just said he ran fast and broke the time barrier, and yeah, th- there he was. Yeah, just don't say anymore. Don't spoil. Uh, no, <laughs> I said, I said you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna see it, you're gonna see it. Or yeah. just that. Yeah, it like it was it was just something it, like I'm so used to the Marvel universe, and the closest thing that they have to in the Marvel universe is uh, to a, a god among men is a century. I I don't even know him. No, uh, he was he was actually he was supposed to be a uh, a spoof character, and somehow he managed to uh, take hold. And he's he was basically um, Marvel's answer to Superman, and he he was supposed to be like the man with the power of a, a four billion exploding suns or something like that. And then they saddle him with uh, agoraphobia and schizophrenia, <laughs> and they said, "Here, here's All the right. <laughs> here, here's the, the the most massively massively powered." Uh, I seem to recall, and now take this for what it was. I seem to recall a short-lived comic from Penthouse Comics back oh, in the nineties. Okay, <laughs> um, never I, heard I, of it. I think it was called Slacker. I, but I could be wrong on the title. But all, I, all I, I remember hearing the premise is about a guy who basically was Superman, had basically all the same abilities and all that. But he never wanted to leave his couch. He'd rather just sit home and watch TV and eat Cheetos. Oh, well, they said that, that could quite <laughs> possibly be one of the origins. But they said... And you mentioned, okay, he's supposed to be a spoof of, of Superman. Yeah. Well, the guy we just, we already spent 20 minutes talking about was a direct spoof of a DC character, Deadpool. He was a carbon copy slash spoof of Deathstroke from DC. Hence the name Wade Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Slade. Yeah, Slade Wilson. Yeah. See? He was originally a spoof. And then he... That's and that's I think why he's always been the sillier character. He's broken the fourth wall. Yep. You know, that, I think that's a big part of why Deadpool is the way he is. Well, I remember ha- owning the uh, the comic book, the uh, X Force, I think it was, yep. uh, where they introduced Deadpool. And I think I might have that too. Yeah, uh, he he was he was considered uh, a secondary character in the issue, and then they said all the the the, the big bad in the, that issue. Uh, I think it was called Gideon. As soon as that issue or that storyline was done, gone. Never heard from again. Nothing. And then Deadpool started then, popping ever, everywhere. Oh, yeah. He said he's he's like second to Wolverine for uh, uh, guest appearances. You, you, I've got to remember to bring you the Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe because his fights, fights, plural, with Wolverine are friggin' 
fantastic. All Just right. way, what he says to him it, and uh, explains his real mutant ability, like yeah. Wolverine's real mutant ability. You're, you're, you're going to love it. Okay. You're going to love it. Well, I still like in the um, <laughs> speaking of interaction between Wolverine and Deadpool, um, the Hulk versus Wolverine is when Wol- when Wolverine gets captured mm-hmm. and he's getting he's back at Department H or whatever like that. And they're talking about they said Wolverine's tied up and Deadpool's ear goes, Logan, buddy, I shot you. And it's just that's that's the antagonistic uh, relationship those two have. And that's it's, it's a bratty little brother. Oh, yeah. That's exactly it. Bratty right. little brother who could pretty much chop you into 40 million pieces in oh, about 30 I, seconds. As I said, he, he shoves a grenade in the Hulk's mouth. And, go, and he starts running down side by side with Wolverine going, hey, we got this, buddy. We're, we're pretty good. And all of a sudden, the, the Hulk starts chasing him. Wolverine pretty much trips Wade Wilson and throws him back towards the Hulk. <laughs> there you go, smart guy. Yep. <laughs> go play with the green men. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like you said a few weeks ago, Rob, you only have to be faster than little kids at camp. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so the, um, um, the animated ones. Now, what would you like to see? What would be your dream animated, uh, if you could animate any storyline, as I said before, the dark, the Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. I that would be a great ride. Okay, what would you like to see? Mine. Uh, this is going to date me because of my comic experience, but the Mutant Massacre. Ah, that's a good one too. From the X Men. Uh, now, who was the the main antagonist in that? Because I'm not sure if I actually read that arc. Uh, uh, Mister Sinister. Background, yeah, yeah. but uh, basically the Marauders. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you know what that is. I came in just after that is when I started actually collecting. Honestly, when so I did collected, I. when I collected hardcore in the nineties, I was almost a pure X title guy. I, I collected everybody with an X on it. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the any of the Avenger stuff. I stayed away from most DC, but actually, the X titles I was all over. I'd be hard pressed because there's another story that I just loved. And it was uh, Spider-Man versus Wolverine. Oh, it was a one-shot. Okay. Well, like I said, they, they, uh, they, they did the Marvel team-up ones all the time, where it basically is mistaken identity, heroes fight, bad guys laughing at them, and then they figure out there's shit, and then they uh, go after the bad guy. Yeah. Well, this one was completely different. I, I gather neither of you have read it. No. It doesn't sound oh. familiar at all. Um. Basically, in this storyline, Spider-Man is uh, pegged by Jonah to go follow uh, Ned Leeds, who's one of the characters, over to Europe, who's doing a story. So they get over there, and it's during this story that Wolverine pops up, and Spider-Man himself finds out that Ned Leeds is the, the Hobgoblin. Okay. All right? But he also believes that the Hobgoblin is behind all this other stuff going on. Well, they end up finding Hobgoblin dead, like Ned Leeds was killed. Okay. And uh, one of the operatives that Wolverine used to work with, her name was Charlene, called her Charlie. Um, During this ruckus going on, she basically became injured and knew she wasn't going to make it. So instead of falling into, you know, the bad guy's hands, she snuck up on Spider-Man, right? You know, triggered his spider sense. He spun around, crack, killed her. Oh. Because he hits, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said he. And, uh. They had a nice story arc between him and Wolvie for the next few issues. Him, Spidey, trying wow. to overcome that. 
Oh, okay. Wow. And that's I, how I remember exactly when I started collecting because it was Web of Spider-Man 29, and it was the issue after that with Wolvie and Spidey. I, oh, yeah, okay. That does not sound familiar at all. No, that's a, that's a good I think um, one of the ones I would have liked to have seen um, made and animated would be uh, the Inferno. Oh, yes. that The Inferno, the X crossover with... Uh, was it X Factor and the X Men? Like it was the, uh, it was the the new generation X Men and uh, the old generation X Men as X Factor yep. with uh, Madeline Pryor as the uh, Demon Queen, the Demon Queen, or Goblin Queen. Yep, sorry, sorry. Yes. Yep. And then you'd have your the different demons coming in and the big climactic fight, um, Jean Grey versus Madeline Pryor over the uh, over the. Clone son of uh, Scott Summers. Which, spoiler, is Cable. Yeah. But everybody knows that. <laughs> you now. don't know that? Yes. <laughs> what are you doing? A, we're, we're not spoiling anything. That no. storyline's been done. <laughs> Again, there's a moratorium. I think after 20 years, I think it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah. But now, I, there's, uh, there is one arc that would make for a phenomenal feature, and I, but they'd probably have to do it multiple parts. But it's the type of thing that will never see the light of day because different parties own different parts. The Onslaught Saga, mm. which featured pretty much the entire Marvel Universe. So you'd have to get Disney to sign off for all the Avengers characters. You'd have to get Sony to sign off for the Fantastic Four because they were key. And then you'd have to get Fox to let them use the, the X, all the X people. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's, on, uh, Onslaught was like this ultimate villain. Um Magneto and Charles Xavier. It was basically the evil psyche of Magneto had infected the mind of Charles Xavier. Oh, my. And he became this character Onslaught. He was so powerful that he knocked out the juggernaut. Oh, wow. Yep. Not not only knocked him out, he sent him flying for something like 50 miles. See, now if you're going to get into a story arc like that, I'd love to see Civil War. Yeah. See, I was out of comics at that point, but I heard that is a phenomenal Civil story. War. Civil War was an amazing Now, crossover. did that encompass, like, all the X titles and everything, too? Or was that strictly on the Avengers side? It was the... I think it was anything but the X books, really. No, technically, they, it crossed over the entire Marvel Universe in the comic books. They did dabble in the X stuff. Yeah, because there was a couple times where... Or, so they could probably do a version if they, they could curb the X people out of it. And probably pull off a Civil War animated feature. Now, the question I'm thinking is, okay, um, you've got the different parties own the different properties. Uh, now, that's Marvel's biggest problem. That's Marvel's, yeah. Now, I'm thinking um, that's for live action, or, or is it the likenesses? Because it's film rights. But it, it's... Yeah, you're right. It's, you're it's right. Do the film rights do the film rights go uh, carry over into the animated animation? Form? You're right because you can still have. I'm going to say yes because it's they basically own the rights to those characters in a film format and animated or not, that's still a film format. Yeah, because I, like I was thinking, like in in the print books and everything else, you can you can cross. Everybody over with everything, yep. and no problem that way. Now, Shoot, Marvel and DC did it. Oh, absolutely, Twice, they do it all I the think. time. Yeah, they, they said they're, they they've been crossing over all the time. They said every almost ten years, and they said almost like clockwork. They do a 
uh, a multi-book crossover between uh, both companies. But do I, like because of the animation, like does that revert? That's that's yeah. my that question I've always that been would wondering. Be, yeah, I don't. I'd be interested to see who who puts out like uh, is 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 there not an X Men cartoon running now? Wolverine and the X Men is that still running or is it done? I think it's done. I think it's done. Because who? What network did that run on? Does anybody know? I didn't um, watch it, so I don't know. It said a lot of that stuff was Cartoon Network. I know it's syndicated, so that might that might throw it off. But yeah, probably, give us an indication who maybe who's who was carrying it. It probably started out on Fox someplace along the line. I know then, the all, the the X Men animated series from the nineties was Fox. Yeah, that was over. Fox Kids. I have the DVDs of that set. <laughs> Got we, it for Christmas. We asked, "Is it over?" It has one season. Oh, 2009. Really? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's you're, done. You're, All right. You're dealing with the syndication right there. Whoops. Yep. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. 
With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. Now, um, for another, for on the DC side, an arc that I am hoping that someday they'll do in an animated feature was a, uh, a trade paperback that I found at the library, Emperor Joker. Emperor Joker? Emperor Joker. The first, I'd say about half of it, was almost like a Looney Tunes cartoon mm-hmm. with Superman trying to find out, figure out what's going on. <laughs> and then he finds out, and then it starts getting really dark and really twisted. The premise being that um, Mr. Mixes Pitlick, oh, okay, you know, the little gnome from the 99th yep, dimension or yep. whatever, he decided, how can I mess with Superman really bad? Because that's all he wants to do is mess with Superman. And he's, um, what if I give the Joker 2% of my power? <laughs> Well, he does that, but if, in something I can't remember exactly how, instead of giving him 2%, he gave him 98%. Mm. So the that's, Joker basically took over all of reality. That's bad. That's bad. And the only person who knew it right away was Superman. Because okay. Superman is Superman, and he's, he, he was able to, his mind was able to adapt and go, this isn't right. Yep. And then, so then he has to f- try and find all the heroes and get them to turn around because some of them are dead, some of them are alive, and blah blah blah. And it's when you when you finally because you're through all this. Okay, it's Joker. Where's Batman? Where's Batman? Yep. When you finally find out what Joker has been doing to Batman, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I kind of just read about it. Yes, <laughs> I want to see. I want to read this. Uh, I, I don't know if they still have it. I'm assuming they would still have it. It's called Emperor Joker. It is a phenomenal read, and if they could put that into an animated feature, that would I I can almost guarantee it's going to go to the top of my list. All right, there you go. You know, just back from reading again, uh, I used to read a book way back in the long ago called Sandman. Oh, I yeah. never read any of that stuff. Oh, that was the best book. That was the beginning of the Vertigo line, wasn't it? Yeah, one of the main titles. And uh, Preludes and Nocturnes, I believe, was the first eight episodes. Everything was done in arcs by Neil Gaiman. Yep. And that original arc is just incredible, especially with the art by Sam Keith. You know, he was one of the image guys, too. Yeah. The um, One of the ones I'd like to see is, uh, if we're going, like, independent stuff now... Um, uh, death by Gaiman, um, where she uh, death comes every now and again. She indulges herself by becoming human for a week or something like that, and interacting with the uh, people yeah, all around. I've never heard of that. Oh, it's 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 no. a it's an. I'll bring the book. I'll, I've got the trade at home, and like one of the trades, anyways. I'll bring that in for you guys to you see that. Take a look at in Sandman. His sister was death. Yeah. And that, I guess, I'm sound. It's like a different character. No, same, same character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, I'd want to read that. That'd be in his in his world, right? Yeah. Well, and Neil then, Gaiman. 
<laughs> Neil Gaiman, the butler in Jane Silent Bob Super Groovy cartoon movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin there's Smith. A, yeah. the first there's one. I, I didn't say it. I did not say his name, although Kevin Smith does do a brief cameo in See? Superman Doomsday. There we go. Yep. Grump, grumpy man. <laughs> the um, Well, was there ever a um, an image... Um, Animated. I know. I think there was a Wildcats TV series for a while. I don't remember that, but I I want to say that there might have been a brief Youngblood, and by brief I mean like one episode, maybe. Was it Youngblood or? I want to say Youngblood. I know. And then there was, of course, there was the uh, short-lived Spawn animated series. Yeah, and then there was the um, uh, not Pitt, the um, the other guy, um, Max. Max. There was, um, I know there was a Max something. I never saw any of that. I think there was an animated series on. I think it was like MTV or something like that. Way Which, back in that the would day. fit their style. And looking at knowing Max's art style, that would fit MTV yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Are you I, talking about the Max the comic book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was Sam Keith. Yeah, Sam he Keith did the, the Max. Art. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't get too much into any. I I got into some image, but not a lot. Well, that was that was back in the day where it was uh, junk and penny bond speculation on covers of uh, books when everything was coming out. It was oh that was God. the boom period of uh, com- the comic books back in the day when everybody was buying every variant cover. Yeah, I got sucked. I admit, I got sucked in all that. Oh, absolutely! It basically, was a foot race you know, on you Wednesday. At, you know, like you look at um, when the X Men comic that started in the 90s and the number one issue was the first comic to ever sell a million copies and now just from listening to a certain other podcasts of that talk about the comic industry now they're really happy if they do what 50 to 100,000 is yeah. really a good number yeah. <laughs> yes but if you also look at the value of that book it's it's yeah. not worth as much as it was when no. it sold no it's not i know i there have three five, of them i think there were five different Actually, covers yeah i have all one of each and then there was a sixth issue that had the fold out i the have whole that picture. too yeah <laughs> the, uh, the uh, was it the uh, the shiny covers and the uh, oh yes the, the chromium covers and the uh, i like the uh like i have a um uh lady death Number one issue. I got it. I won it in a contest. There's only 200 of this particular cover. I, I can't remember last time I looked at its value, but it it wasn't like a phenomenal number or anything like that. But there's only 200 of this particular cover. And it's just all black. It was black onyx. It's see, just all black, but it's embossed. So you like see all, like you see her shape and everything. And one of the big companies back then was Valiant. Yep, they had uh, Man of War, uh, Robot Archer, and Armstrong. The only Valiant comics I read was the Deathmate, the Deathmate specials. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the episodes or the yeah, issues right. to come out. Yeah, they had Solar. I think what was his name? Um, Solar, S- not Supreme. No, something Man of the Atom. I remember that. Yeah, Solar Man of the Atom. That's, that's it. That's yeah, that's sure that was his name. Good. But uh, they were the ones that popularized those chromium covers. Yep. Turok. Dinosaur Hunter yeah, was another yeah, one yeah. that had it. But then the funny thing about Valiant is they made their start as a small company. And it was by basically making comics based on a video game system. Yeah. If you look at their early books, Super Mario Brothers, Game Boy, Captain Valiant, and he has a little yeah. Nintendo Turok controller. Video game. <laughs> well, yes, most <laughs> things become video games. <laughs> 
Yeah, that it said it was a crazy time back in the. Uh, oh yes, I remember that there was a uh, Lady Death animated film. Yes, yes, I a do Lady remember Death that. Beyond yep. Heaven and Hell, I think it was called. Yep. Yeah, well, they said we also have. This is speaking of the uh, animated features. We have the two Hellboy, uh, Blood and Steel, and uh, what the hell's the other one? Um, Sword of Storms. Sword of Storms. Yep. Sword, yeah. And Blood and Steel. And they said it. I liked them. They said I, they, I liked them a lot. Yeah. They said they they just rounded out the uh, the character a lot more. Yeah. And. The fact that they were they still got like pretty much all of the same people were still working on it. Yeah. That really helps a lot to carry it over if you're a fan of the movies, the mm-hmm. animated's are still gonna feel like home. Yeah. Well, like I said, the one of the things that we haven't touched on is, is because it, it's such a giant can of worms is uh Japanese anime. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm not even gonna try and touch that. It's I, just uh, of the Actual, like, Japanese products. Yeah. Yeah, let's not go there. But Marvel did put out a line of animated, anime of, uh, their 13-episode series. Yeah. Wolverine, Uh, Wolverine, Iron Man, Blade. And and X-Men. And X-Men, yep. And, and they're all they're all excellent. Oh yeah, I said you can See, find. You, I think you can find all of those on Netflix. Yep. And I said just give them a watch, and it's it's done in the anime style. And I said if you're if you're familiar with that, it's such a smooth animation style. See, when it comes to anime, it's like a giant ball in front of me, and I will just reach in. Pull out Akira, and that's as far as I go. <laughs> See, I only vaguely remember Akira. It's been so long since I've seen it, and my I know it's I know I should rewatch it just to see if it still holds the same. You're not allowed to leave I, till you do. I know it was visually pleasing, but I just remember it being like 45 minutes of just the one kid yelling Tetsuo <laughs> yeah, there's like a little 45 bit of minutes <laughs> yeah. and like I just it I, it lost me because of that now I know um, oh uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was apparently trying for years to get a live action oh, film based geez. on it but I believe it's fallen and gone because there's been Good. no word on that for a while but I did hear recently that he was trying to get some other uh, classic anime feature being made into a feature film. And I, but I'm drawing a blank as to what what product that was. Um, I don't know if it's going to – I don't know. If Fist of blank. the North Star. No, that was already done. I know. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the live action in anime. Into Avatar. Anime. Oh. No. <laughs> I, I am not looking forward to those. It's just looking back. Oh, okay. Oh no, no, no! I did not mean Avatar as in James Cameron. Oh, the Last Airbender. The last Airbender. Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Thank okay. you, Shyamalan. Yes, it's a way to muddy the product. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But even still, I'm not looking forward to those. No, the James Cameron ones. It's, it's just it, visually, it's pretty, but story wise. No, it it it's a weak story. It was Pocahontas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I said it's, it's guy comes to the new world, falls in love with a native. Oh, people get upset, and then you live happily ever after. Yep. I said it, it, it. That story's been done. Like I said it's so familiar. Yep. Like it's, it's formulaic. 
And you just go like, all right, how about something original? How do we fancy it up? Blue people. Blue people. Yeah. Look at nope. all this 3D crap. That's been done. Smurfs. We'll make them bigger. <laughs> Stretch with it. tails. Put, put them in a taffy puller. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give them tails with little things. Uh, just, yeah. And then they stick their tail things into the friggin' bird thing. And See, that, wasn't that I never bestiality? Exactly. Well, yeah. they use that for sex, and then they turn around and stick it in their horse, stick it in their bird. Oh my God! <laughs> no shame in those cat people at all. Oh, They're nope. just putting it in whatever <laughs> they want. Oh boy! Yeah, don't mess <laughs> with their tree. I'll tell you. <laughs> now you said you were going to fill in some holes. Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk. Planet yeah. Hulk. How was it? I liked it. Um, if you're familiar with the uh, the comic book, it's. Um, Basically, the Hulk is tricked onto a uh, uh, spaceship by the. It's called the Illuminati inside the Marvel Universe. Okay. The Illuminati consisted of Reed Richards, Tony Stark, uh, Professor Xavier, Namor, and uh, Black Bolt. He didn't say much. No, it's good. That's why they had to bring Xavier in. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, what's he thinking? Exactly. That's about it. So, uh, they, so Xavier was just a translator. For all intents and purposes, yes. <laughs> Black Bolt thinks we shouldn't do that. Yeah, I I think Black Bolt's wrong. But <laughs> anyways, oh my god, what? It's, it's like Raj and Wallowitz. <laughs> no, I'm not telling him that. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, well yeah, that's, that's true. true. He finally, finally broke that, didn't he? Yep. All right. So, anyway. Anyways, <laughs> they, they they tricked the Hulk onto this uh, satellite. They said it's malfunctioning, and only the Hulk can uh, fix this satellite. So the Hulk gets up there, and instead of just saying, ha sucker, and shooting him off into outer space, they uh, go on a big, long exposition about, oh, we're doing this for your own good. We're sending you to a planet out in the middle of a different universe where there's nothing going to be there and you can always be alone. And the satellite slash spaceship malfunction as it rockets off into outer space and the Hulk is trashing the place as he's uh, apt to do. And eventually it crash lands on this planet. Krypton. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going to happen? It blow it up. Remember? That's right. He's on Hoth. Okay, new Krypton. New, oh, new Krypton. Krypton 2. Hoth. Hoth. <laughs> yeah, new Krypton, where the where Superman put the city of Kandor and Superman Unbound. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I do want to talk about Unbound. I know I, we're I'm getting kind of long, but... Yeah, <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> Hulk smash Wampa. <laughs> <laughs> so... The Hulk lands on this planet, and it comes around that he can be hurt. It, it's a different different thing. So the the main dictator bad guy slaps a, a control disc on him, and they train him to be a gladiator. And they're running through all these different things, becoming a gladiator. And um, in the comic book, they have uh, the... The, the level three boss that he has to fight at the end is uh, Silver Surfer. How they manage to control Silver Surfer is not explained, but 
that's neither here nor there. Now, in the animated feature, they went deep into the pile and pulled out a character that nobody saw coming. They pulled Beta Ray Bill. What? Um, isn't that the horse-faced Thor dude? You got <laughs> us. They pulled that guy out, and they slapped uh, an obedience disc on him, and they said, go fight the Hulk and his buddies. So uh, somewhere along the line, the uh, Hulk manages to break the, uh, the the obedience disc on Beta Ray Bill, and Beta Ray Bill frees all, frees all the... Uh, the gladiators and they start fighting and there's a big resistance uh, battle against the uh, the uh, the ruling class and Hulk and his buddies are the uh, the avenging heroes and they basically so Hulk is a freedom fighter the Hulk is a freedom fighter and then at the end of it the uh, Hulk overthrows the uh, the main bad guy and they crown him king of forever on this planet. And then, no, and then, yeah, oh yeah, there's and then. <laughs> so he marries the uh, uh, one of the uh, the queen, the former queen, and um, she gets pregnant. The uh, spaceship. Yeah, I know. I can I can hear your eyes rolling over here. You're making my head hurt. I, <laughs> I didn't write this stuff. I'm just telling you what. So in the, in the book, the uh, the spaceship that. Uh, that uh, the the Marvel Illuminati sent the Hulk on explodes, and like there's a core breach or something like that. Uh, oh, sound effects! Yeah, Look at you, like a Foley artist over there. So, <laughs> so Michael Winslow, is that you? <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting bored. I'm making noises. <laughs> well, thanks for my uh, no selling my storytelling. Uh, I'm helping you. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. Anyways, the spaceship blows up, and this triggers the uh, World War Hulk storyline. Okay. So, is it a worth a watch? Yeah. It is? Yeah, I liked it. You, you, you did make my head hurt. But, well, uh, okay. I didn't write it. I'm just uh, I'm giving you the elevator I, I pitch. Will, back on the uh, what could make a good animated feature, I do have... Uh, I, Again, I wasn't a huge like Hulk fan or anything, but I did pick up a classic Future Imperfect oh. story arc of Hulk, it, where the Hulk gets sent into the future. Yep. And the, the world was uh, under a conqueror by the name of the Maestro. Maestro. The yeah. Maestro was the future version of himself. Yep. That's right. It Gray was a with the great. Beard. Yeah, yes. it was a great story, and I that could make a decent feature. Well, didn't they have? Um well, wasn't that part of uh, one of the uh, Avengers storyline or ne- new? No, the the next Avengers was uh, Ultron, right? Ultron, yeah, yeah. But you did see the Hulk with gray hair, but it, well, he wasn't Maestro. Well, okay, they didn't call him Maestro, but he didn't have the intellect. Uh, he was still okay. the rampaging Hulk, oh, okay. the strongest version. Hulk oh. smash! Oh, Hulk it, smash. I'm telling you, that next Avengers, it's it's fun. All right. When they get him into the fight, and then Ultron knocks him out, and then the the son of Ant, Giant Man and the Wasp, it's his task to wake the Hulk up. <laughs> Well, everybody else is holding off these giant Iron Avengers, these giant robot versions of the Avengers. They're, yep. they're trying to hold them off. 
So this little kid, and he's like the little bratty kid. He's the youngest one of the bunch. And he's sitting in Hulk's ear, and he's like, he he, he said, you're, you're blah, blah, blah. You, you got to get up. You can't let him do that. He said, you're not strong. <laughs> Hulk gets up, just beats the hell out of Ultron, rips him in half, rips him in half, and then walks up to the kid. Don't sting me no more. <laughs> he, when he first well, first got him to change, he just went in and in like wasps form, little form, and just kept stinging him. Just poke, 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 poke. Gotcha. <laughs> so you got Big Hulk coming up to this little kid. Don't sting me no more. <laughs> I just found out uh, Justice League par- uh, Paradox, Flashpoint Paradox. Yep. yep. They actually have a uh, end of credits f- frame. Oh, they do. Did you watch after the no, credits? No, I didn't. After the credits, a boom tube opens. Oh no! Uh oh! And a whole bunch of stuff comes oh. pouring through. Which apparently I didn't catch that either. This is a lead-in for war to Justice League War, which ah, is obviously okay. Dark Side. And yep. Batman's going to have two more additions to the movie roster. Yeah, uh, Son of Batman. Yes, and Arkham Assault on Arkham. Assault on Arkham. Yep. Animated? Yep. Yes. Hmm. Yep. Keep, uh, uh, 2014. And yep. there's one more. Oh, yeah. The Justice League War. Yep. That coming. Uh, there's uh, one of the ones from Marvel that hasn't come out yet, but I think it's it's um, um, Iron Man and Hulk. Uh, Heroes United. Uh, Heroes United. I don't know if it's out yet. But it's, I don't it, believe so. Yeah. So no. it should, I think it's... It, from what I read, it's it's got a, a 2013 release and that, date. That sounds like it's uh, it's going to be kind of a take on their di- demographic from the Avengers movie. Yeah, how close Banner and Stark really became. Yeah, that uh, they must be playing. I'm thinking they got to be playing on that. Yeah, I can see that. And I say that it, 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 the way they, they were playing on that with Planet Hulk. If Stark was one of the ones that send him away. Yeah. Well, you're too dangerous. Get the hell out. Yeah, well, they, See, they figured I, it out. I find their ultimate universe, especially in Marvel, that's the movie universe. Yeah, it is. You yeah. know, because in there, Nick Fury is Sam Jackson. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not Nick Fury. No, it's Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> but they have another one, too, uh, Big Hero 6. That comes out in 2014. But it's through Walt Disney Animation Studios. Must be an anthology or something. I'm not. Or is it a new? Sure. Is it a new product? I don't. I said I've, I said I saw that when I was doing my research, but I never, never heard or read anything about it, so I wasn't quite sure what it was. But I just thought maybe it was a, a, a project that didn't take off or something that they were thinking about doing. But apparently, it's a Marvel Comics superhero team. The name of them is Big Hero 6. It's going to be a 3D computer animated superhero film by Walt Disney. Huh. Directed by Don Hall. And let me see here. Big, Big Game Hero 6 Heroes? will be the first Disney animated production to feature Marvel characters uh, since Walt Disney's acqui- uh, acquisition of them in 2009. Hmm. The film will be released November 7th, 2014. So, Big Hero 6, you got to wonder who they're going to be tapping. Oh, you you want to think Big Hero, it's going to be big guys oh like Hulk and who else? Big characters. Right? Well, you, you said you go with Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man. That's like the big three hitters for uh, on the Avengers for side, Marvel yeah. on the Avengers side. Thor. This is Thor, sounding, yeah. This is sounding more anime. Set in the fictional metropolis city, San Francisco. 
Big, Big Hero yeah. 6 will be centered Same. on a young prodigy named Hiro Hamada and his self-created yeah. robot, Bimax. Anime, yeah. Both of yeah. whom uncover a criminal plot and must join a team of inexperienced crime fighters. So, it's superheroes meet kick-ass. Kick-ass. Oh, <laughs> right. it sounds like. Yeah. More, yeah. more big giant robots. Damn you, Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> robots are freaking now, everywhere. Um, Superman Unbound, because I finally watched it. Yeah. It was good. To it, me, it wasn't great. And no. the thing that, that bugged me, there's a, a couple things about it. For one, the art style was a little bit different than what the other ones were. Yeah. And it, it, I didn't quite like it as much. It wasn't quite as appealing to me. I found, and I noticed this with some of the... Uh, Earlier ones, uh, like the Superman, uh, Batman, Public Enemies, and there was another one that came out shortly Apocalypse? after that. Apocalypse. Yep. They're, they seem to be kind of following each other, but they're out of order. Like in Unbound, Superman and Lois Lane are still, like Clark Kent and Lois Lane are still secretly dating. But yet in, uh, in versus the Elite, they were public. Yep. People knew. Oh. So it's uh, like it, that bugs me that there's no continuity and just on little things like that that the continuity isn't there. See, that's where Marvel has them beat. They have Marvel has a has a plan in place. It's it's laid out. You got your live action features and you got your your animated features as well, and they're going to follow whatever they're going to follow. follow a timeline. So that's a. Uh, that's what they're going to do. And I, I don't think DC has that vision. That's why you don't see their... No, they're pumping out a lot of stuff, but there's no direct timeline. No. And movies are movies. Well, yeah. They will do whatever they want with them. Look Let's at see. Angels and Demons and The Da Vinci Code. Never saw right. either one. You read the novels, Angels and Demons is first, Da Vinci Code second. Never read them either. Yeah, go by the movies. <laughs> da Vinci Code's first, followed by Angels and Demons. Well, you said you look at the, uh, the myth- mythical trio... Uh, trilogy of Star Wars. He said he started. <laughs> careful, yes. careful. He started started at four. Well, yeah. So you know, I said nobody. I, I because I wanted to laugh. I watched the first Family Guy Star Wars, the oh, Blue Harvest. The Blue Harvest. I rewatched that just today. <laughs> and uh, this is the story of Star Wars. Let's start with part four. Yeah. <laughs> you want to watch fun fan film? You have to watch Troopers. Yeah, that's good. You mean troops? Troop? Is it troops or troopers? I thought it was troopers. Are you talking the fanfic, the fan film that's yes. uh, basically cops? Yeah. It's troops. Really? Troops. Oh, okay. I always thought, I thought it's it troopers. troopers. Yeah. Troops. Yeah. That that is a good one. It is fun. I do have the classic, probably the first Star Wars parody, Hardware Wars. Oh, oh I yes. have that. I know it's just a trailer, but oh man. <laughs> I have the uh, ex- the special edition VHS. Uh huh. They also had Thumb Wars at one point too. I never saw that one. Oh my! <laughs> Sadly, uh, I just have. Uh, to finish on Superman Unbound, though. Oh yes. Um, Let's get back to our topic. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, again, okay, the art style, the 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 how they don't really follow the t- a timeline kind of bugged me, but uh, there was. Just something about the feel of the movie. It just it didn't feel right. And when okay, so again spoilers. <laughs> when he's already shrunk, when Brainiac has shrunk the city of Metropolis, and then 
Okay, so he's got Superman saves the day, blah, blah, blah. He's got the city. He's got it in the bottle. He goes back to the crater. Looks like he pulls a pull tab on the top of the, bo- the bottle, and the city re-enlarges back and back into its place. Perfectly. Of course. Perfectly. Perfectly but positioned. the style of it, to me, I'm not pop. kidding. I know. I'm not kidding. It looked like a pop-up book. Yeah. Well, you said... I had, it, a, I had that issue. That effect could have been done a hell of a lot better for me. Well, that was the end of the movie. They were probably running out of money. Uh, maybe. End time. End time. Come but, on, Bob. we got to finish this movie. <laughs> I'm drawing. I. They've done the Superman versus Brainiac to death. But they said it, it, it felt like, yet again, another origin story. Because all it, it, it just felt like another origin story. I will say I did like the take on Supergirl. Yeah, that was. I fun. really liked the take on her. I liked how they're having the teenage angst. Yeah. With the, all the superpowers, that yep. was really cool. Especially how Lois Lane was describing it at the beginning. So I really, I, I, I did enjoy that part of it. Uh, but it wasn't. It's definitely not in my. F- top list. No. I didn't mean to mess you up there, Jay. I just got excited. I've seen four. I just realized I saw <laughs> Batman Beyond Return of the Joker with the virus Joker. Yes, I remember that one. And Mark Hamill was the Joker. Yep. yep. All right, boys. I said, I said it looks like we're, we're pushing uh, another record here for a special that was uh, not supposed to be quite as... Uh, but, you know, we can't... And we... we I know we deviate off topic, but we we stuck to the topic. We really did discuss yes. it. Her, I, hopefully, we uh, got we gave you your fill there, Andre. Well, <laughs> see, this is this is one of the parts of the uh, doing these podcasts. What I really like is taking a fan request and doing what we did. Uh, and I said, the more you give us, the more we can give back to uh, everybody else. So if anybody listening has suggestions, hit up the email. It's at mm-hmm. themoviemadhouse at gmail.com. Send a suggestion. We'll do our do our level best to uh, fulfill that, uh, that request. Uh, now, this was a vocal request by it somebody, and, it's a, and uh, we can't take it seriously, but uh, somebody did ask uh, when we're going to step into the porn oh. porn, <laughs> porn side of things, but uh, I said, no, that, we, we kind of try to keep it family friendly. Considering <laughs> this is a non-visual medium. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I, yeah, that, again, like what he said, it just... Not to say I couldn't discuss it, though. Oh, <laughs> so there, so discussing porn is just, I don't know, kind of defeats the purpose, I think. Yeah, a little bit. And you know what? Maybe 25 years ago, we could have done a show like this on porn, because back then they had stories and plots. Yeah. Now it's 10-minute clips on the internet, and it's hard to critique a 10-minute clip. I don't know. I was pretty riveted by the uh, Farrah Abraham well, video. don't. <laughs> <laughs> just Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note on that note all right uh so we're not going to do plugs or anything like that but we are going to tell you where to find us you can find us on facebook uh just gotta search for the movie madhouse on facebook where else can they find us the, the stitcher radio app mm-hmm. on uh, itunes itunes yeah um you can also if you really want to look for us you just go to uh the movie com, and that'll shoot you over to the libsyn account and you can la- listen to the latest episodes or you can also listen to uh the uh the back catalog yeah. and if for some reason you can't find us on facebook 
send us an email and we'll add you to the group. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Oh, um, I, I, I do have to take this time now to thank the oh. fans for taking the time to actually listen to us babble on and on and on and on about uh, the movies. Um, all I got to say right now, especially in Canada, uh, we have every province except British Columbia in the three territories listening to us. So those Colombians, I don't know what's going on. All, I, Sorry, <laughs> British Colombians. Let me rephrase that. Come on, BC, get in the game. Yep. So if you know anybody that lives in British Columbia and they like movies, tell them to uh, give us a listen. And I know I personally want to send a shout-out to that one fella in the U.K., that one yes. person over there listening to us. Whoever you are, drop us a line. Send us an email. Also, I think this would kind of be a surprise. As looking at the stats today just to see what's what. Uh, we have a listener in Saudi Arabia of all Really? Them. Yeah. Tell your friends. Yes. And you know what? You as well. Drop us a line. TheMovieMadhouse at gmail.com. Yep. Let, let, let us hear what you think. Absolutely. Uh, so I think, yeah, we better wrap it up here, boys. <laughs> what are we at? Three so, hours? Yeah. We're, there, we're, we're oh, getting oh, 2.59. We're good. Oh, yeah, okay. good. Yeah. All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up. This was a, a special edition of the Movie Madhouse for, uh, for Mike, Jason, and Rob. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. And back one more time with still no left side. Nope. But that one, I'd like to... You know, I, you know what? I, I was really good in that episode. You guys were slacking. See, I was about to say the opposite. Jason's a weak link. I think so. That's what it is. Always oh, Jason. Damn <laughs> you, Jason. He's not even here, and he's taking crap for it. As, as a good whipping boy should. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, finally we have... What do we have? What we think. Number five. We're going in the way in the way back machine. Way in the way back. Because this is from July 1st of 2013. Sadie and Dave begin the promised segments, such as email brown bag, saying goodbye, geek news, and the helping hand. All right. Are you ready? Are you? Hello. Are you ready? Oh, absolutely. Are you sure? Uh, you didn't sound ready. I, I, I'm ready. I asked you if you're ready. You were just like, what? You were going. Well, I was waiting for you to hit play. You pulled a Jason moment, dude. I did, didn't I? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> All right, here we go. What we think, number five. It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. We are back at you live in beautiful Apple Valley, California. Well, I guess I couldn't say really beautiful. Oh, yes, it's beautiful. It, 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 you know, the desert's an acquired taste. That's true. And I think it's beautiful. But then I think the inside of a brown paper sack is beautiful. <laughs> I'm happy most of the time, so. Um, tonight we're coming out with, because this is the first time since episode number one of William Burbank that we actually use two mics. Oh, yeah. We're back to the two mic thing. So hopefully... This comes out nice because one of the things that I've noticed as recording and, and doing, doing the editing mm -hmm. is that when I kick out the background noise, mm -hmm. it drops it like two or three decibels. Mm -hmm. So because we're at least, what, you'd say six inches to a foot away from the mic, you know, normally. A man's six inches or a woman's? <laughs> yeah. Um, that should make it more audible for the listeners. As okay. to before, 
we put it in the center of the table, and then we kind of have to lean in and as mm-hmm. we speak. So uh, that was one of the things that was really bothering me. Uh, well, because we're approaching our six months of podcasting. We ought to have it together by now. Yes. <laughs> so hopefully this episode will come out a lot more better. A lot more better. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's even better than better. Yes, more better. More, more better is much better than better. Mm. So, how have you been this week? How have I been this week? Let me think. Let me think. I guess I must have been okay if I have to think that hard about it. Let me think. Let's see. We went to a birthday party Saturday. Two birthday parties, actually. What is it with the first Saturday of June? It's funny because the second party we went to, there was another couple there. And they said they had to go to another party later. It's weird. Like, everybody's having parties. Anyhow, we went to a birthday party, one for a little one-year-old baby girl, mm-hmm. cute as a button, and then one for a guy who lives across the street from us. It was fun. It was nice. It was a cool day. Well, it was it was actually very hot. But I was cool. I had a long dress on, and it was blowing in the wind, and it was it felt cool, and it was fun. Speaking of birthdays, mm-hmm. I'm expecting my birthday present to be coming in the mail very soon. Ooh, good. Via Amazon. Oh, good. And I'm looking forward to getting all the little gadgets and gasms. I, I got stuff from my, my iPhone. Oh, oh, cool. So that's okay. What, that was kind of what we decided on, Lacey and I. Were, I was trying to figure out what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. to be honest with you, I was going to spend it on podcasting gear. <laughs> and Lacey, well, that would have been okay. It's your, you know, it's your thing to do what you want to with. And Lacey you know. made a good point. She's like, it's, you know, they got it for your birthday, something for you specifically. For you specifically. So, so yeah. oh, that's like, okay. cool. And, and you that's know, cool. like on my phone, I have that little um, light blue case that wraps around the phone to protect it. Okay. Well, my favorite color, oddly enough, is gray. I love gray. Oh, how interesting. Gray and metallic is my favorite color. Wow. So I actually have, instead of it being a plastic blue cover, it's going to be a metallic silver cover oh. that goes over it. So I'm very, really stoked about very that. Very cool. That's very interesting. I don't think that I've ever knowingly spoken to anyone whose favorite color was gray. Yes. That's... And how long have I known you now? And I didn't know that about you. It'll be 10 years in July. Really? Yes. My gosh, time flies when you're having fun. Well, that's good. I'm glad you got yourself some goodies to play with. Eventually, you'll get speakers for your stereo, I suppose. I'll get there. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's your stereo. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, so, we're going to... I, I've been promising this for three episodes now. This is episode number four. I've been telling everybody we're going to get to the emails. We're going to get to the emails, and this segment is we're going to get to the emails. <laughs> but this segment I call the brown paper email bag. Oh, that's cute. All right. Okay. I, I've got to come up with a jingle right now. We don't have no jingles for it, but I'll, I'll come up oh, with something. Oh, like letters. We get letters. Yeah, something like that. That was Perry Como's thing, but then I digress. <laughs> so what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read, because I took the time to sit down and write out the emails and I explained why I ended up writing out the emails before Mm -hmm. we podcasted. Mm -hmm. So, um, I didn't
didn't get as far as writing my stuff, but I do have two Sadie emails. Oh, really? One short one and one long one. Oh, my goodness. That's scary. <laughs> um, the first one is for you, obviously, and it's from Robert P. And it says, I've looked up your book online and noticed that you don't offer it in ebook format. Why? I would be interested in purchasing a copy on Nook. Well, thank you, Robert, for your question. I'll let David answer that. <laughs> Why don't we have it on ebook? Uh, one of the things that we do is uh, we have a, a contract with. Not with Nook, unfortunately. Mm. We actually have a contract with Kindle. Mm-hmm. And if you were to go to Amazon mm-hmm. and Google for a Kindle book, mm-hmm. you will find Red Hills, Green Vines, Drag Monkey Meat in e-, e or digital format on the Kindle. Ah. Um, unfortunately, our distribution license is strictly with the Amazon company, so we are not... Uh, spreading out to other e-readers. Okay. It's an exclusive. But anybody who has access to Amazon has then access to Kindle, right? right? Well, even at that, you can go... uh, Robert? Robert. Robert can go, and he can get on his laptop or his PC, Mm -hmm. and whether it be Macintosh format or Windows format, Mm -hmm. he can go and he can download a free Kindle reader, and he can read e-books from Kindle right there on his laptop. Now, the program is free, but the book itself is not free. Yeah. Well, that's the case anyway, isn't it? I mean, any of the e-reader books you pay for, don't you? Um, there is. We are actually um, a part of another program that's connected. Is if you're an Amazon Prime member, mm-hmm. you can check a book out for oh. so much time. Like a lending library. Yes, exactly. Oh. And even though it's free to the customer, mm-hmm. well, it's not really free to the customer because mm-hmm. they actually pay like 75 bucks a year for this. Oh, wow. Um, well, that's cheaper than, what, 20 books a pop? Yeah. Or 20 bucks a pop. Um, but so they can check out as many books as they want. Mm-hmm. But what they don't know, what they don't see behind the, what's the expression, behind closed doors, mm-hmm. is even though you check a book out for free because you're an Amazon Prime member, we still get paid. Yeah, well... I certainly hope so. It's part of the KDP. I didn't write that book just for the fun of it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, I did, but if I get paid, too, that's cool. So Robert has an option then. All he has to do is go to Amazon. Right. Download their free Kindle reader. Yes. And then... Buy the book. Buy the book, unless he's a prime member, in which case he can rent the book or whatever they call it. Yes, he can borrow the book. Borrow the book. For free. For free. And that's even, cool. And or option two mm-hmm. is go buy the the new Kindle file Kinder Kindle, Kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> Kindle Fire H D. No wonder that was hard to say. Yes. Kindle Fire H D. Okay. And he can go and set up his own Kindle device and read right there. Uh, see, life was so much simpler when you just went to the store, 
Yeah, go to the book department. Say, I'll take that one. Pay the money and walk home with it in your hand. But uh, people like electronics, so there you go. And just because I, I'm assuming by the time he hears this, he's probably going to be kind of irritated because he specifically said a nook. Yeah, well, which is you know. It's, I'm sorry, we don't have. We're not hooked with nook. I'm sorry, yeah. but well. <laughs> Before, when we ran Dark Myth Publications, uh-huh. we had a general contract mm. with all the e-readers, mm. and that was from the, you know, you could write, read it on your iPad, or you could read it on the Nook or the Kindle. Now, the reason why I'm exclusive with this is because out of the three, Amazon gives you a huge cut of the profit as to where um, because I, I hit the iStore, I hit the book, you know, Barnes mm-hmm. and I checked mm-hmm. them all before I did all this. Mm-hmm. And for us on a business end, it's more lucrative. It is. Okay, well, there you go. It's always the bottom line is always the bucks. So, Robert, thank you for your email. I hope this answer helps you. I hope it doesn't make a complicated answer out of it for you. It would probably be complicated. <laughs> we try. Okay, the second email is for you again. Mm-hmm. And there was actually one in between, but I, I read this one and it was like, oh, I got it. Even though it was a pain in the ass to write down, <laughs> I, I have to read it to you. Okay. And this is, this is from uh, Linda W. And it said, I heard on episode 20, leaving Burbank to email with a question or comment. I really don't have a question at this time, but I do have a comment. I'm a 68-year-old grandma, and I have fumbled around the Internet for some time, attempting to find something to amuse me. Yet, while I do enjoy videos on the Internet, that is basically it. I do not like Facebook or Twitter, and frankly use the damn thing for information information search tool. That leads me to how I found your radio show. When in Burbank, my kids and grandkids and I were talking about vacationing in California. We wanted to visit visit Disneyland, which I believe was in Burbank. I now know <laughs> I now know that the Walt Disney Studios, which is in Burbank, not Disneyland. Mm. Anyway, I wanted to see what else we could enjoy while our stay. So I put in when in Burbank. The big thing, the the thing uh, oh bean we were just talking about bean mm-hmm. the bean thing on the first page a site offered a free list of your radio shows episode 4 whole lot of shaking going on oh that was the earthquake mm-hmm. that was the earthquake mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I started listening weekly and can say I've become a fan who turned who tunes in weekly I look forward to your new program. Hmm. And that's from Linda W. Well, thank you, Linda. That's very complimentary. I hope they got to Disneyland. I hope they didn't wait for... Yeah, right back and, and tell us. 
but you've made it to Disneyland. I hope you didn't go to Burbank looking for it. As that, Gee, tall, that, that tall, pointy mountain is not in Burbank. <laughs> oh, I don't think they even have the tall, pointy mountain anymore. I think they tore the Matterhorn down? Or they were talking about it. I don't know. I, God, Ernie went online the other day just to see how much it was going to cost. Oh, no, he read in the paper. They had a thing in the paper. They're raising the rates for California visitors again oh, to geez. Disneyland, up another five or ten bucks. I don't know. But, the, you know, <clears throat> the funny thing is when my first husband and I were first married, we lived in Pomona. Uh, let me think. How am I going to describe this? All right. Pomona is uh, geez, 30 miles or so from Anaheim. Right. Uh, and uh, being poverty-stricken at that point, he was in college, and you know I was working a, a part-time job. He was working a part-time job. We didn't have a lot of money, so we would go to Disneyland because it was the cheapest thing we could do. Okay, we'd get in for a buck, a whole dollar, uh huh, a piece. Uh huh. Parking was free at the time or minimal I don't remember now but it, I think it was free at least for a while and then we would go to a thing that they've since torn down I just heard they tore it down it was the Carnation Pavilion and they had bands there mostly of the big band sound uh -huh, uh -huh. and we would dance the night away we loved to dance both of us were very big on dancing. So, and we'd have a Coke or something, you know, and walk around and look at some of the Disneyland stuff, maybe or maybe not. Just sometimes we just went there to dance and then we'd go home. Well, <clears throat> in the newspaper or whatever, Ernie read an article about they, they actually converted, they didn't tear it down, but they converted the Carnation Pavilion into something else with that was connected to it behind it. It was a, uh, I think, Adventureland or, or one of the, yeah, one of the others. It connected with that because it used to be like the Carnation Pavilion was like here and then off to the side was the bridge that went over the hill to the Magic Castle or whatever, right, right. Fantasyland. And so now there's no more um, Carnation Pavilion, and I was not the only person who wasn't thrilled about that. Thank you. But, you know, and, and back in the day, that was a great place to go for that purpose. Kids don't want to just go and dance like that anymore. No. So I can understand why they, you know, got rid of it. <clears throat> Basically, all they sold was Cokes and ice cream. So, you know, how much Cokes and ice cream can you make? And it was a huge place was a very large place, so that was a lot of space that I'm sure they're making more money off of now or going to be when they get it converted and everything. Right. But, uh, but now, let me see, I think he said it's for kids. I think it went from 85 to $87. Dollars. God. Yeah, for a three-year-old. Three to ten or something like that. I don't know, whatever the age bracket is. Starts at three. Presumably, under the age of three, they're free. But at the age of three, you're going to pay 87 bucks for your three-year-old to go in and walk around for how long can a three-year-old walk around? Half an hour? Maybe. Yeah. And then get in the stroller and sleep the rest of the time. Maybe have 50 cents worth of soda pop. Uh, maybe eat 
a handful of food at the most, okay, for which you're going to pay dearly, and and maybe ride on a couple of rides or something like that, and then scream and cry and whatever else three-year-olds do, you know. Right. And that, but eighty-seven dollars, it just it blew. My, I said, my God, I used to pay a dollar to go in there, and we, and we could. They didn't even charge for rides in the beginning. You just went in and rode the rides. That was it. You know when you've you've heard the the you've heard people talk about e-tickets. Yes. Okay. E-tickets came from the ticket ticket packages that people had to buy when they to, when they would go into Disneyland in order to ride the rides they decided to, they decided to start charging for the rides and it was too complicated to charge at the ride right and nobody knew for sure when they went in what they wanted to ride so you could buy tickets uh, or books of tickets and 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 then you'd rip out the ticket and give it to the guy, and you'd go ride the ride. And the e-ticket was the most expensive, and so that's where the e-ticket ride thing came from. Because some of the rides were cheaper than others, depending on what one you went to. Right. Okay. So it's just gotten all out of hand. And I, I where does Linda say she lives? I think she said she lived back east somewhere. It, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. Okay. Well, I sort of got the idea it wasn't in town anyway. No. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I mean, I it just blows my mind to think that people are going to have to travel here at whatever expense they're going to have to, you know, flying, driving, taking the train, the bus, whatever. And then they're going to pay through the nose to go into Disneyland after that. I sure hope she's happy and not disappointed with her visit. You know, I've actually been to Disneyland twice. I've been lots and lots of times. Well, like I said, we used to go for a date when, when there wasn't anything else uh, to do. But after that, I mean, when my granddaughters were growing up, you know, we used to go with them. But I think the last time we actually went was when our oldest granddaughter, who just turned 20 last month, uh, I think when she was about three or four was the last time we actually went. We stayed in the Disneyland Hotel, and we bought the package and we went over and walked around and went back and you know stuff like that it was a lot of fun at the time but it's just too darned expensive anymore my god and that's that's california prices god knows what they're charging people from out of the state i don't know no out of state they pay more i believe so because well you know they used to have that california package you know, a few years back, we paid 20 bucks or something like that for a all-day park hopper or some garbage. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was cheap. And that was the California deal, you know, because I think it's kind of like people who live in New York never go to see the, the Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Statue Tower, of right. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty. Okay, because they live there and they figure, wow, we'll go see that someday, and then they never do, right? Right. So it's like that with Disneyland. People here figure, eh, we'll go there someday, but they never do. So they they entice them there with cheap rates. That's supposedly the big deal. But those cheap rates have just gotten way, 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 way out of hand. So anyhow, that was sort of a long answer to her uh Thing. But I'm, I'm glad she's a listener and a fan. That's terrific. I hope our new format appeals to her as well. 
Well, I want to give it more, you know, give the people more information, more just instead of sticking to one topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we can stick to one topic. Besides, it'd get boring after a while. I, that's what I was going to say. So, what are you doing? Um, what I'm doing is I'm getting actually preparing to get into the next segment that oh, we're going to oh. do. Um, For so, those of you that can't see, he's playing with the computer screen. <laughs> and that's okay, because I don't know what I'm doing anyway. I just work here. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and jump to Geek News, and then we'll get into... Uh, saying goodbye. Geek news. Mm. Again, we're going to talk a little bit about the Yotnum uh, script that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave you some pieces to look at. Yes, yes. Um, there's, a, there's a character that um, isn't right for me to say. Of course, yes, okay. yes. Are you kidding? I just got a, a spam email today from somebody I have no idea who it was from, using my first name and my street address. Really? Yeah. So I guess the last name certainly won't hurt anything. Well, we've, we've talked about the fact that uh, your husband is Japanese-American. Mm-hmm. We've, we've talked about that quite a few times mm-hmm. in Burbank. So I guess it's okay to say your, your current maiden name right now is Nakata. Well, actually, that's not my maiden name. I don't mean your married name. I'm my sorry. married name, Mary yes. Nakata. Yes. And uh, I thought it would be just fun, you know, kind of de- dedicate that to you guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, I created a character with the last name Nakata. I thought that was very cool. In fact, I actually named a whole palace. Oh, yeah? The Nakata Palace the or Nakata whatever? The Nakata Palace, yes. Wow. Oh, he's going to be impressed. <laughs> so, I... Um, Right now, I'm I'm still working on putting together the script. Mm-hmm. You have to have a part for her in there too, <laughs> but you're gonna have to record it ahead of time. Yeah. The baby has come into the room. In case you haven't heard that. <clears throat> um, so at this point, it's gonna be two scripts. Originally, I was planning to make one movie. But because the story is developing the way it is, uh, I can't tell the whole story in two hours. Right. It's got to be more. Right. Because, and I think I mentioned this before just off air, we were just chatting, is we've got to introduce the characters and we've got to make the viewers have an emotional connection. And that does take time. Yes. So that's what. Pretty much what the first half of this movie is, is is making that emotional connection. Yeah. Then the second half of the, the film gets into the adventure. And I'm really excited about it. I'm getting really close. I've actually started typing it. Um, I, I'm kind of... Well, how many characters, primary characters, are there? There's three main characters. And it's going to take a whole movie to introduce them? 
Well, I mean, okay. The, the reason that the reason I bring that up is, uh, you know, the movie. Uh, well, there are several of them. Pick one where uh, you meet all the people, and then the catastrophe happens. The airplane crashes, the earthquake hits, whatever the case. Right. The first half of the movie, or the first third of the movie, is taken up with introducing the characters who are then going to deal with the catastrophe after the, after that point. <laughs> yes, you're so good, girl. Um, the, so, so what I'm sort of saying is, can you not get that... Uh, introduction and the association established in say the first third or half of the the story and then go ahead with it is uh, it really going to take a whole story just to get people hooked on the characters it's without giving away the plot yeah there is the three the three characters the three main characters yeah they're all intertwined right and the the connection to all of them leads to something big that will happen in the second movie. Right. And in order to do that, not even really just introducing, because, like, I think the initial time when we introduce, the very first time we introduce a Yotman, the main character. Yeah. You know, it's probably a five-minute action skit. And you're pretty yeah. much comfortable with him, and then, yeah. you know, I introduce... Uh, so you're just talking about their actions... The story, you, you, you've just got a four-hour story is what you've got. Right. Okay. Okay, because it sounded like you were going to take two hours to introduce people, and I'm like, for three people, that's a little much in the way of introduction. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, uh, gotcha. By the time we get to, let's see, what you read was probably, you know, the one piece that I wrote last mm-hmm. night. That, that's probably the beginning of Act 2. Okay, okay. So by Act 2, the introductions, all the introductions is made. Okay. Now we're going to get into the adventure. And as we get into the adventure, we're going to get into the dilemma. And then, of course, Act 3 is the conclusion. Or so, so in the story will tell, just in, in by half, that we don't make a second movie. And we, but we're able to put out a first one. Mm. The first story will stand alone. Mm. Okay. But there is more There's more story. to come. Yes. So you just have to have a prequel and then a movie. <laughs> or you could do what, uh, what is it, <clears throat> The Rings? You know, they keep doing the movies and then they go back. Oh, Star the Trek does that, too. They keep going, they keep having their shows and then they, okay, let's make a movie about everything before Star Trek. Yes. You know, that's cool. Um, and just because you guys, well, mainly, well, both of you, you and Ernie, oh. um, talked about making a video game. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've been researching Kickstarter more and more. The closer we get to pre-productions, the more I'm, I'm really looking into this. Yes. There is a specific place for video games to request revenue to have video games made. Uh-huh. So, there you have it. There you got it. We might have something. I, I'm telling you, that's where this is going to go. Uh, can, a lot of people say that, You can say I said so. <laughs> um, a lot of people say that 
video games. Now, like if, if you talk to my brother-in-law, Aaron, he actually prefers to play video games over watching movies. Mm. That's the way cinema is heading, is to be interactive. Mm. So is theater. The thing is, theater is headed that way too, I think. I mean, uh, the legitimate theater, as they call it, you uh -huh. know, like Broadway. Right. Uh, we were watching Smash. I record Smash because uh, we're fans of the show. And then we watch it later when we can. So it's like Sunday night we were getting caught up because it was the end, the finale for the season. Season you know? finale. Uh -huh. Yeah. And um, the, uh, one of the, the writers who was putting on one of the Broadway shows that's in the story, okay, um, he got killed. And so his uh, f close friend, who was the songwriter and is the singer and actor in the play that they were putting on, um, took over and and they went ahead and wanted to you know put the you know the show must go on and all that kind of stuff. But they also uh, several of the people involved in the production were talking about they wanted to give it a little extra oomph, a little something different. And the story took them to where they looked at this young man who would, had been killed. They looked at his notes and they found this thing the the word newsreel, and they decided to. Um, the, then the, his associate friend said, oh yes, I remember he was talking about, he had this idea that the media somehow should be involved, the social media should be part of the production. And so long story short, uh, they thought it was a great idea and they were going, of course, much faster than I was. I was still trying to figure out what they were talking about while they were planning it. But uh, what happened was they put on their production and then uh, right there, there was like a break in it after one of the songs and they had screens all over the place and excerpts and things about the production came on the screen and people's uh, they got the the phone numbers because apparently when they sell tickets uh, at least in this case when they sold tickets they had actual identification of the purchasers of the tickets and including their cell phone numbers in many cases and so they plugged those numbers in too so that they got messages on their personal cells during the production and it was all part of the whole thing and everybody loved it they thought it was great but it was like uh, kind of like looking at your computer screen and getting messages flashing at you you know about whatever you're interested in and stuff like that. For me, it wouldn't have done it, but the whole audience thing was, was all, they really, really loved it. So it looks like that is, Aaron may be talking about that same sort of thing, or am I totally off, <laughs> off, off track? I don't know, because he's, you know, he's a young guy. Yeah. He sees things in different perspectives yeah. than I do. Yeah, but what you said, he said, Say it again, what you said he said. No, he believes that the media of, like, watching a movie and playing a video game mm -hmm. eventually is going to become one entity. So it'll be more interactive. That's why, and that's what reminded me of Smash, because it was sort of an interaction kind of thing. It, it, it sort of, in, the audience at least appeared to feel involved in the actual production and what was going on and they were it was very audience participation kind of thing right. you know and they were all looking which 
I thought was kind of weird because the first thing they'd tell you when you go into a thing like that would be turn off your cell. But, hey, anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. true. <laughs> well, for me, I don't know if it's just because it's the lazy part of me kicking in. Hmm. But to be honest with you, if I'm going to go in and watch a movie or watch a TV show, mm-hmm. I don't want it to be interactive. I want to sit on my butt. I know. Me just, too. Be entertained. Me too. But you got to remember, like you said, Aaron's young, okay? Now, uh, went to dinner with a f- young friend of ours one time, and he I know he loves us. I know he was happy to be there with us, but the whole time he was sitting there doing stuff with his cell phone. He was Facebooking people and taking pictures of his beer and putting it on Facebook and everything while we were having dinner. It's like they... Uh, uh, and another time we went out to dinner with him and his aunt and his cousin, and they were all with their cell phones doing things, right. and, but they were still talking to us. It's like there's... There doesn't seem to be enough going on. They want more happening, and and there's this thing about, you know, I when Twitter first came out, I thought it was weird because people were saying things like, "I just got back from the bathroom," tweet, tweet, you know, whatever the hell. Right. But that's what they do. They're they're just like, "I just had a beer. Look, here's my beer I'm drinking. You know, and here's the chicken wings I'm eating." And. I don't understand it. I, I try. I really do try, but I just don't understand the compulsion to this activity. I, d- I don't get it. Now, for me, as far as, like, social media, it's, and I, I'm guilty of this all the way, is I don't, I'm not much of a, 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 tw- a tweeter. I'm not much for posting on Facebook. Well, you know I'm not. I do a little bit more on Facebook than I do on I've never done anything on Twitter. No, like Twitter. for Twitter. today, today I actually posted on. Yeah, Facebook I know you because did. Because I had something to say. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's not that. It's that there's not enough going on for them. That's the problem. I mean, they're not con- they're not content to just sit in a restaurant with friends and eat a meal. Right. They have to have something else going on at the same time. That and there's you know there's 35 television screens in the place showing ball games and whatnot. That's not enough. They need more. And it, yeah, I guess I don't know what it is. I mean, what? happen to just sitting down with somebody and having a drink or a dinner and visiting. Maybe it's because they don't know how to visit anymore. They don't know how to talk with each other anymore. Because they totally do speak a different language. Right. You know, I mean, hashtag this, hashtag that, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. You know, there's no sentences anymore. It's all, I went downtown, hashtag this, hashtag that, hashtag that, hashtag that, and that's the end of the sentence. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, because you actually, I posted. No idea what the fuck that's supposed to be about. I posted something last week. About looking forward to you know, starting up the show again with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually used hashtag what what we think. Right. Hashtag at Twitter or yeah. at Tunox you put yeah. at Tunox at Twitter, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't know. It's it's the same thing as me saying uh, your name, but because that's your Twitter address, yeah. that's how it references. I know, but it's, it's the, the hashtag yeah. takes out. Phrases. They don't. They don't use those phrases anymore. Like we saw the, or they came here, or this was 
blah, blah. The, those phrases are go- eliminated by the hashtag. Right. Okay. And then the word, the the primary focus word is put in. Like he put in um, hashtag. His, he has dogs now, and he had put in one of them's named Bruce, and I forget what the other one's name. He put hashtag Bruce or hashtag puppies. Instead of I've got puppies, one's named Bruce, he puts in the hashtag, and it eliminates. It's like we haven't eliminated verbiage as it is. Now we're totally eliminating verbiage because we're not talking to each other anymore. We're doing it on electronic devices. Right. You know, and remember not too many, there wasn't too many podcasts ago that I said I was concerned because verbal communication is rapidly coming to a close. Yes. Well, I think we're there. For the youngsters, I think, God, I sound like an old lady, (laughs) but... Uh, I mean, you know, let's face it, I'm 72 and they're not, all right? So they're young kids. They're there. They're not verbally communicating. They can, but they're choosing not to. This this young man was sitting across the table from a cousin of his whom he's very close with, whom he hadn't seen for a good year. Well, maybe not a year. His grandfather passed not long ago, and he was back. back. Several months, okay? okay? Several months. Hadn't seen her. Sitting across the table from her. She lives in Georgia, for God's sake. Not going to see her. She's going home tomorrow. Right. Do they sit and talk about stuff together? No. She's on her cell phone uh, hashtagging somebody. And he's on his cell phone hashtagging somebody. And they're not fucking talking to each other. When are they going to? When she gets home. Is it because they don't have anything to say and they and they they you know after after hi how are you how have you been there's not much more to say and they're uncomfortable with silence right and that, that was one of the things um i'll, I'll just go ahead and say alan you know, mm-hmm. uh, he's one of those people he'd much rather text than talk and for him he said that it, it's just easier to in the conversation it's not <laughs> it's not uh yeah, but when you're sitting in the room with the person right i mean what would, would, would he have preferred if you two were on the couch and he was texting you is that what you're saying is that what he was saying because it's, it's easier for him to instead of have just casual conversation which can lead into whatever you know just whatever type of conversation it leads into he can just end it he doesn't have to reply you see, that's that's a form. Well, he could do that sitting with you, couldn't he? Just say, I don't want to talk anymore, goodbye. Or what? I don't know. I don't know. No, Lacey and I, we've, we've text each other in the room, you know, next to the, you know, each other. But we text something that was private and, and it didn't need to be said verbally. Mm-hmm. So we, we text each other. No, that, that, yeah, that, that makes some sense if you, you know, but... Uh, but when you go out to, well, hell, you never go out to dinner. But if you went out to dinner, the two of you, okay, just the two of you, without the kids, you would you would feel comfortable sitting at table with each other and just talking, would right. you not? 
Right. Yeah. So, but, but a lot of people, Alan apparently included, would not. That, uh, maybe that's why they got all the TVs, you know. Now, I know when Ernie and I go out, it's, it's funny because we, you know, we're together 24-7, essentially, except for when he's at work. So when he's home, we talk occasionally, but there, hours go by and we don't say anything because we've got televisions going on and we're both plugged into our computers 90, 90% of the time, unless we're out doing something in the yard or whatever. But when we're inside, the TV's on and the computers are on, or the TVs are on and we're watching TV. So, you know, we don't talk a whole lot unless we're talking about what's on TV right. or what's on the computer or what we just saw in the newspaper, stuff like that. But for the most part, we're kind of quiet people. We don't really talk a lot, which is one reason I talk my head off here. But when we go out, we'll talk a lot in the car sometimes, or we go to a restaurant, we talk. Even when there's televisions there to watch a game. Now, sometimes he'll watch a game and talk at the same time if it's something he's real interested in. He's not a big sports fanatic, so he doesn't really care. Right. You know, and it kind of, in a way, it sort of bothers me that they have all the televisions in restaurants these days. Anyhow, I'd like to just go to a restaurant and have a meal. I don't, I don't need electronic entertainment to get through my meal. I can do it all by myself with the meat and the potatoes and the fork and the knife and the guy across the table. Another new, uh, segment that we're going to be introducing weekly yes. is saying goodbye. Ah, yes. This is going to cheer you all up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is strictly just to kind of highlight people. And I, I don't want to just dive in and say, oh, this person died, this person died. I want them to have significant impact on the culture of things. You want them to be people who had significant impact correct, correct. on the culture. So this segment is called Saying Goodbye. Okay. Uh, there's been, there's actually a number of people this week, but I, I broke it down to three, three important and the very first one, I don't know if you're going to recognize the name. His name was Ray Manzek. Mm-hmm. He was one of the founding members of the Doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passed away this week. Mm-hmm. Um, tapping into our, our good friends over at TMZ who provide us all our information. Um, it says that he was uh, battling, let's see, long time battling a bile duct cancer. That's interesting. You yeah. Don't hear that often. No, you don't. And how long did it take him to find out that's what he had? Jeez yes. And he was 74. Uh, it says here the doors were playing the house band at Whiskey, opening acts like Van Morrison, when a recording exec discovered them and gave the band their first big record deal. Hmm. So that's saying goodbye. So That's a milestone right there. We say goodbye to Ray. Bye. And then we also have another one. Um, and I kind of feel silly now because I asked you about this person. And when I asked you about her, you just kind of gave me like, are you fucking stupid looking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, have, I, I, I don't have good control. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to look at you like that. (laughs) 
And uh, this young lady, her name was Jean Stapleton. Mm. And she was best known for her iconic role as Edith Bunker from All in the Family. Mm-hmm. Um, she passed away this Friday in New York City, and she was 90 years old. Um, according to family, Stapleton passed away from natural causes. And, um, I mean, well, how did you put it? You put it best. You, you said... I said anybody can put up with Archie Bunker is okay in my book. Because <laughs> uh, anybody that's ever seen All in the Family or the reruns thereof, uh, if you ever watch it, uh, Archie Bunker, her husband in the show, was uh, an iconic... Um, uh, segregationist, racial bigot, uh, and just general all-round hateful kind of person. He didn't like or approve of much of anything, but he especially was bigoted, uh, especially uh, with regards to black people. Right. And and the fun of the of the show was. Uh, seeing him put into situations where he had to really stretch his awareness of not just black people but of himself and of how bigoted he really was. And, of course, his daughter's uh, husband, Meatball, as he called him, um, uh, he was no good because he had long hair and he was a hippie, hippie and he yes. was, uh, you know, Archie just didn't like anybody that wasn't exactly like Archie Bunker. That pretty much is the way that went. And, but Edith was the soul of patience and understanding and cheerfulness in spite of it all um, and, uh, and loved him with a love beyond understanding. <laughs> And she she will be greatly missed. Her talent yes. uh, will be greatly missed. And she lived a nice long life. At and life. she did do that, yes. She did indeed. So we say goodbye to Jean Stippleton. Now, the next person on the list, um, he's not super iconic. Um, but the reason that I decided to add him to the list is the man had balls. I mean, there, there's no other way to just... He chased tornadoes for a living. You know, when a tornado touches down, the the normal thinking, intelligent population goes, oh, there's a tornado coming to me. Let's go the opposite way. Mm, Or at least dig a hole and climb in it, yes. Not for Tim Samaras. Tim Samaras, he he would just go straight into the, the eye, you know. And unfortunately, you know, there was that Oklahoma tornado that hit in more Oklahoma, which was just devastating. And unfortunately, he was chasing that tornado. Was it that one he was chasing or the subsequent one? I couldn't remember. Um, Again, according to our friends at TMZ, um, it says that one of the stars of the Discovery Channel show, Storm Chasers, Mm. was one of the nine people who died Friday in the tragic tornadoes that hit Oklahoma. Samaras' son, Paul, and a colleague, Carl Young, died with Samaras while chasing the tornado, relatives told CNN. Samaras' brother, Jim, posted on Facebook page, thank you to everyone for their condolences. It is sad that we lost my great brother, 
Tim and his great son Paul. Our hearts go out to the Carl Young family as well as they are feeling the same feelings we are today. They all unfortunately passed away doing something they loved. Mm. So to Tim we say goodbye. They flew away. Yes. Mm. So now as we move into I'm trying to keep this all going. And keep going. Keep keep us on on the straight and narrow. Um, I, I haven't quite came up with the name, so this is kind of uh, a temporary name unless we come up with something better. And mm-hmm. this is called The Helping Hand. Okay. And as we look at the news, we always see something that's negative. And with Helping Hand, I wanted to find people maybe, you know, Hollywood stars or someone in a celebrity spotlight that has actually done something positive. Oh, that should be easy to do. There are several who have done, actually. And this week's Helping Hand actually goes out to one of my favorite um, people. I, when I was a young child, I was a big wrestling fan. I mean, really big. And me being a big kid, I always foresaw myself be a wrestler, and I always wanted to be like Hulk Hogan. And that is today's helping hand, is Hulk Hogan. Um, let's see if I can actually, there's, what happened is, is uh, Hulk Hogan, his wife and his daughter, they were out on, on the lake, and they were in their, their boat. They noticed something was smoking, they ran, well, Hulk ran to the engine, lifted it up, he was looking in, and he noticed that steam was coming out of the cap. And as steam was coming out of the cap, his daughter Brooke leaned over, her face was almost right over the cap, as the cap, from what I understand, popped up. Mm -hmm. Hulk, just fatherly instinct, Mm -hmm. grabbed the cap and held it down. And pushed her out of the and way. And pushed her out of the yeah. way. Now, there is an actual picture of his hand. Oh, God. Yeah, hand-burning accident. Dumbest thing I've ever done, he said. I don't know if it may have been dumb, but it was certainly courageous at the same time. He did the only thing he could see that needed to be done to right. save his daughter. So if he hadn't done, she'd have surely been killed. Yes. How old was she? Is she? Uh, she's... She, if she's not in her late teens, she's in her early twenties. Oh, still, it wouldn't have done her any good. No. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if, to really get what we're saying here, you, you should really see this, and that is um, just go to Google and type in Hulk Hogan burning hand incident. Yeah. And you can see this. His, you can see where he held it down with his fingers. Mm-hmm. And. Well, in his palm of his hand looks like it's got a big round burn on it. Unless yes. I'm not seeing that correctly. No, yeah. So, hmm. let's see. We're actually going to try to play the video here. Let's see. Because that's another thing that I want to start including is video. We, we forgot we, the last episode yeah. that we've been adding video. So, here we go. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Hulk Hogan saving lives. A hero. Not, not just in the ring, in real life this time. After a pretty nasty accident down in Florida. It's a pretty big deal. He's going to walk us through. He's on with us uh, now. Uh, Hulk, welcome to TMZ Live. Oh, so now you guys are turning me into a hero, huh? Probably, probably one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life. 
Why is it dumb? Well, I mean, come on, brother. Everybody knows you're not supposed to touch a hot radiator. Well, okay. Well, you said, hold on. We're going to tell the story first. Okay. Then we were going to say, well, that was dumb. We're going we're gonna to rewrite. You're going to hear the biggest bonehead thing that anybody in professional wrestling ever did. Can't believe Hulk Hogan did it. It's just so stupid. He joins us right now. Hulk, welcome to TMZ Live. Thank you. You know that I make a living making a fool out of myself. Now I'm the same thing. Thank you. Okay, what happens? Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, I was on the boat with uh, my wife, Jennifer, and Brooks. And, you know, of course, right before we went out to the, the big ocean, all the police were in the channel before we leave. And I knew all the Pinellas County sheriffs and the Marine Patrol and the Clearwater Police, all the boats, just waiting all friendly. And Brooks goes, Dad, there's smoke. So as I opened up the engine cover of my boat, I've got two big Piper motors in the boat. It's an offshore racing boat. And all of a sudden, the smoke poured out of the boat. It was like we had a huge fire in the boat. Well, at the end of the day, all the police come running up to my boat. They all tied off my boat. And it was a radiator cap that was blowing steam like a teapot. And basically, on these high-performance motors, they've got a radiator cap. Uh, a little Basically, if there's too much water in the radiator, it blows off the steam. So... Mm. Since I had both on the boat and Jennifer, I wanted to look like the E-Man, like I could fix it instantly. Since I had all the police waiting into my boat looking, um, I reached down with a towel just to push the release button. And for some reason, the radiator cap was only halfway jiggled on or turned halfway on. When I pushed the release button, the cap just blew. All the steam comes out, and that's why we're looking at these photos of of your hand, which you were very nice nice of you to, to tweet those out to everybody, Hulk. That was, uh, yeah. really. The weird thing, weird thing was, Harvey, when the cap blew up, it felt like somebody shot the palm of my hand, like with a shotgun, and I knew Jennifer and Brooke were being kind of leaning over, looking in the engine bay, being kind of nosy, so I held the, I held the, the, the radiator cap on as long as I could, uh. and told them to get away, so I held it, and I held it, and I held it, whether it was for two seconds or ten seconds, I don't remember, because I get weak in the knees and kind of like, Drifted in and out for a minute as everybody was asking me 10 million questions. I just kind of like was in La La Land, but it was the dumbest thing I've ever done. So, um, ultimately, what caused this thing? Um, either the cap wasn't put on all the way, or maybe there was too much water in the radiator, but it was on me because whenever you go on the boat, you should check everything before you even start the engines. But, um, so at the end of the day, it was my fault. I can't blame anybody else. Okay, Hulk, so Hulk, I'm going to give you the, uh, we're, we're out of time, but I want to give you the silver lining in this thing. Silver lining is this. You're lucky you weren't on the Carnival Cruise Line because if you were in the mood to become a hero, think of how hot that radiator cap would have been over the weekend with the Carnival Cruise Line caught fire. Oh, oh my gosh. Hey, I just thank God that I held my hand there long enough that it didn't hit. Quick question. Broke in the face of that water. Quick question before you go, Hulk. Since your hands are all, since your hands all messed up, does that mean you're not going to be able to work out at all? It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. But I'm pretty much the same whether I train or not these days. You don't think the pythons will go down at all if you can't work out? Nah, it'll be about the same. You know, I really haven't trained really, really intensely for many years. I kind of like hang the same. Just, you send your arms out for workout. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> okay, well, listen, uh, speedy recovery. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. And we will see you tomorrow with TMZ Live. So that's pretty much it for our helping hand. Um, I, I learned a little bit something off that video. I didn't. I didn't have the whole story, but that was uh, that was very good.
<clears throat> well, his hand does look like it got cooked. Yeah, it did. Too bad. Too bad. Um, could you tell if it was right or left? It looked like left. It looked like his left hand. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's not left-handed. Well, that's it for this week. I am David K. Montoya. And I'm Miss Sadie Burbank. And you heard what we think, so now you know. Good night, folks. And we're back again. Nope. Still no left. Still no left. Well, if you're experiencing no left channel during our conversation, we apologize. We are right wing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, wait. If you're experiencing no right channel while listening to us. Oh, we're left wing now. You got the headphones in the wrong ears. Oh, I do, don't I? Yeah. Uh, because they fit better this way. I'm looking down, and it's like, why is L lit up when we're saying there's no left? Oh, I know, because I'm a dork. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make those letters bigger. I know. Smack me in the face. Left. Left. Alrighty. Well, that's a nice welcome back episode. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, we learned left from right. Just barely. Just barely. Um... I don't know. And that's about it. And we have not learned how to fix equipment yet. Don't know yet. <laughs> Maybe if we hit with a hammer. Hey, I'll go get the hammer. Okay. Okay, so until next time. I'm Mike. I'm Rob. Bye-bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs>